Uh, you'll see the red light come on. There. Okay. Oh, I guess it might have been going anyway. So go yeah, ahead. Good. It's, when the Phoenix rises from the ashes, it's time to fly. Welcome back to another episode of the Phoenix Splash Podcast. I'm one half of your humble host, Jason Cornelius Bell, JCB, one third of the band from Ringside Podcast. And sitting over there where you can see him, he looks good. No streaming issues so far. I'm loving life. <laughs> We're going to talk some Rezu and Josie style wrestling with my man, my right hand man, my man, Brett Jager. What's good? Tell me something good, baby boy. We are both in a state of pure tranquilo. We're going to get into it, but you doubted your boy. I had higher hopes for him. Wasn't my winner pick was kind of my second pick, but, uh, we tranquilo all as well. Throwback to the 2017 G1, which was my first. So it just feels right. Just feels right. Things are good. Yeah, like you said, uh, well, you didn't really say, but we're kind of trying a new recording method here. Uh, we've had, you know, you've heard probably some little little issues in the past, but everything seems to be good here now. Uh, but we just got to figure out the editing piece of things. But uh, Which smooth sailing, right? You look, you look great. No, I was about to say, you, you, you the GLG around here with two uh, educated guys like ourselves, the editing issue shouldn't be a problem going forward. So you won't hear drops this week, but I figure in a couple weeks, the next time we all convene, I'll have my hands on the stream yard and I'll figure out how to do that. So hopefully the next time we do PSP 13, we'll be fully ready to go with drops, music, the whole nine yards. But be that as it may, let's not waste any more fucking time. Mm-hmm. We talked about we talked off air before we started just bullshitting. So let's just get down to the brass tacks of things. This Tournament is, time. Right this in the is where thick of it. Uh born <laughs> in the ring should be <laughs> that was going to be the drop born for this week. In the ring. <laughs> Hey, you don't need is, it. <laughs> it should be Naito and him winning his third G1 on the sixth anniversary of his last G1 win. Born in the ring for our purposes uh, on our text thread. Really Started took off a life very of its own. And it was not very well received. It was kind of like the 20-minute rule. It was kind of like, okay, do we like this? And even I was kind of like, uh eh. I'm not too big of a fan on it. I said it on the text thread. Max to Max, to me, yeah. was like the better, one of the best G1 themes I've heard in a while. But as the the G1 kind of molded on along, you know, born in the ring on our text thread, got a whole new life. And then to where now, as sleep deprived as people were, <laughs> born in the ring, got its new own new life. And it felt like it was the calling card. Oh, yeah. The G1 Definitely. Forward. Biggest upset of the tournament right there. <laughs> <laughs> born in the ring. Yeah, I was getting ready to say. When it I think a big, so poorly. a big part of it for me is I was watching a lot more of these shows live than I'm used to, given my work schedule and, you know, getting off at like three and then they start at four or the, you know, the final was 2 a.m., which was nice for Eastern time. I mean, so I'm not used to watching these shows live and I'll always just fast forward through the intro, you know? So now I'm watching it every single time and it, you know, it became more of a joke because we were kind of ripping on it at first, but then you keep hearing it and it does kind of get you fired up. (laughs) All right. I've stayed up all fucking night to watch this show. So boom. 
the ring. I mean, and then I joked. Over here just struggling on the yeah. pile. And I was like, oh, wait, when it's I one o'clock. All right, it we goes can do like, this. It goes born in the ring. Hey, but what if it went born in the ring? Yeah. LA night. Like, that's what I always imagined it was, too. A little LA night for you. Speaking of which, and I don't want to, uh, I want to step aside for talking about the final four just a second because you made an interesting uh, comment on our personal uh, text thread where you said that New Japan was. Oh, clearly yeah. the number one uh, promotion in all of wrestling, and and we're talking yes. United States and otherwise. I believe on said, another planet. I believe is what I, I believe the correct it. quote was on another planet. So we had New Japan as one. Brett's power rankings: New Japan one, WWE. And he said that was a big yeah, let, surprise. Let, uh, yeah, let me step in here. Please. So yeah, um, we were just kind of talking. It was more because I was shitting on stardom. Big, big shocker there. <laughs> well, it kind of is, but not in recent times. True, sure. true, true. So that was the point. I'm like, jokingly said stardom is mid. It's not mid, but compared to what it was last year, for me, it's definitely taken two steps back. And then I was just kind of thinking in my head, where, you know, what, do, what are my promotion rankings this year? And as I'm thinking about it, I'm like, is WW, because it's always been in the last few years, New Japan, AEW, stardom kind of creeped in last year. AEW was number one, you know, 2019, 20, until probably 2022, frankly. And New Japan, as we declared earlier this year, is back and has continued to be back and as good as ever. So hence now they're on another planet. But yeah, I'm thinking number two. And like, I still love AEW. I'm still a mark. Day one, was that all in? Watch every it. show, even that yeah. new janky old Rampage. I watch yeah. it too. I don't watch it every week, but you know. Um, <laughs> but it's no secret it's been down. And, you know, the CM Punk thing, a large part of that, obviously just, you know, the wrestling has always continued to be strong, but we know the storytelling hasn't quite always been up to snuff. MJF Adam Cole, I think, has been one of the best things they've done in a while. But just consistently... It's just not been as good. Hell, I was even saying last year that Impact was like the most consistent American, excuse me, television product. But again, that's all to say, like thinking about WWE and as someone who walked away for, you know, four plus years and only would watch the big shows, big four, I mean, really not other shit. It's and picked back up last year after Vince quote unquote retired, but right. you know, the product definitely changed. And mm-hmm. we know what's been going on with the bloodline. You know, the most recent stop, maybe not the best, but it had been a I was just plus, getting ready to say that's a, that's a plus, uh... <laughs> a plus until that point. That's, you know? that's what I on Friday night. I'm like, that, what? Yeah, you want to do what, man? Fuck anyway. you, Jimmy. God but damn it. But thinking how great WrestleMania was this year, I'd say a top five mania of all time. If you combine the two nights, the Royal Rumble was pretty good. Um, SummerSlam, I think, was good, not great. Money in the Bank was very, like all the pay per views are hitting for me. Um, I watch Raw pretty much every week, not every week, and then SmackDown. I'll just catch. Because it's Friday nights, it's a bad time, and there's always just a lot of shit to catch up on. So, hey, when you work a restaurant, Friday night is probably the one yeah. night you can't just plop down and be like, "Let me watch some wrestling." 
And I think that's another reason why is I'm not overexposed to WWE either. It's like I'm watching with more than enough consistency to know what's going on, but I'm not watching anything and everything. NXT, like if Ilya Dragunov's having a match or, you know, some of their pay-per-view shit, like I'm tuning in every now and then, but I never watch a full show. Anyway, long-winded way of saying I think WWE might be my second favorite promotion this year, which is fucking crazy. Wow. And uh, so then, yeah, I'd probably go AEW three, and then this is know, where I had the and, like. Work. And the point I was making <laughs> was like, you know what? I think I like Noah better than Stardom this year, and that's coming off me liking DDT better than Noah last year. I don't know. It just started with that January first show was great. The Naka or the Nakamura Muto match, you know, all the entrances, production of that whole show, the Muto retirement was great. Everything, just everything going on amongst the top three promotions in Japan. We've talked about it plenty here all together again. Obviously, Kaito being in the G1, Yuma Anzai being in the N1. Now we've got fucking Ryohei Oiwa going to Noah, which we'll get into, which seems like that's going to be his excursion, which is really cool. But Noah's just been hitting for me. And like, and watching these first four days of the N1, which of course we'll be getting to as well, I've been enjoying it more than stardom's five star which admittedly i'm not fully caught up and a big reason is those shows the stardom ones are no commentary so frankly it's a little bit harder to watch and i'm starting to come around a little bit on the g-man over there at the desk in noah like he's i think he's toned it back enough where it's a lot more tolerable don't get me wrong i still miss stewart i don't know yeah he hasn't even been there since the first show. Like they were kind of rotating. The, the, the last it's been Z-Man and Mark. Nights three and four, I know for a fact he wasn't yeah. there because I kept waiting for. But him, I think like those said, two. Those two are starting to build a little chemistry. It's starting to work for me more. Anyway, I just feel like I've just enjoyed Noah as a whole this year more than Stardom. And again, we don't need to get into the whole Julia Tam thing. <laughs> we've been that's over that no, no, just say it just say it that's what it is this is what it's all about i mean yeah that's where it stems from <laughs> motherfucker no doubt no fucking doubt and i you just know tam versus megan bain was good but that was mostly because of megan bain what mm, <laughs> no tam was heavy. still tam was still very good i'm salty no, it I just, got thoughts. I got thoughts. It I got just thoughts. Doesn't feel the same by any means from really when I started getting into it was middle of 21, you know, the Julia Tam match, I think was early 21. I found it a couple months later, right before you, Tommy Shuri won, or I don't know if it was there, but the epic, epic match that ended in the draw, which, you know, Meltzer gave like five and a half stars or whatever. <clears throat> the just stardom of the, la of the Tam Nakano era, it just hasn't had the same feeling just across the board. You know, there's still really good matches, not quite as good, you know, not with the consistency, I don't think, but, you know, there's still good shit and I'm still nowhere near writing it off. I'm still enjoying the product. Don't get me wrong, but I was talking like best promotion in the world last year for a while. So really just kind of came to the realization that in my mind, my opinion, it's fallen pretty steeply and fucking WWE is speaking of rising from the ashes, like someone like an American alpha. Like I fucking love what they're doing every week. I'm right. so entertained. 
you know, you're not going to see. Well, Gable, we may see on a pay per view very soon. Oh, but like, see, you know, I was going to say to, he, to see like the success of him because that guy's as good as anyone in in between the ropes. Holy shit, he's oh, incredible. Damn. Maxine Dupree, like coming from being an afterthought to now like a very compelling character and like. I want to see her wrestle again because, like, you know, the influence of Gable and then, of course, Otis being Otis, which is a compliment. He's fucking great. So I'm diatribing here, but, yeah, I don't know. I know we're a Japanese wrestling show here, but, yeah, New Japan is on another level, though, no doubt about it. But, yeah, I'd be curious to kind of hear your thoughts on – Oh, you know, know, we're going to talk about that. Let's hear it. Especially when we get in this like stardom, because I've watched past the the three, the four nights, or whatever the case may be. So I'm completely caught up with just all the five star. I haven't watched the undercard for some of the uh, the August shows, but like I'm usually used to doing. But I think part of the problem, at least I was thinking about it today, is to me it's three prob- parts of this problem. Part number one is just getting the content out fast enough. Yeah. At a certain point. They were a week, two weeks behind at certain Uh points. So when you got to one of their pay-per-views, you were still having three or four shows that hadn't even came out yet on uh, Stardom World. So at that point, you had to go on the Twitter, at least that's the way I was keeping up, to kind of figure out what was going on. In that same time, the second problem is this generational struggle angle that was going on while it was still taking time for stardom world to crank out this uh, content. I get there on tour and all this other good stuff, but I mean, something like that, that's arguably their biggest angle, which I'm still not really sure where it's going. You got to at least keep us in the loop. That would be like having the bloodline segments chopped in a third. You you see a a little bit of it, but you don't see all of it. And I think ultimately that's kind of the problem where they were doing this angle between the old and the new generation, for lack of a better term, but you never really saw it all kind of play itself out. You saw it kind of after the fact. Yeah, I was going to say, like, I don't even know what you're really talking, like what angle you're talking about, frankly. (laughs) Okay, you're kind of making my point on that. For um, sure. And the fact that I'm just not watching as much as, you know, some of the ancillary shows. What Even like, so Noodle Magazine, which was always kind of my method to like get the shows early. Like even there, like they're getting pulled down from there now. Like I haven't been able to get one there. And it does seem like they're churning them out a little quicker now. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, I was getting ready yeah. to say, this post... Uh, Whatever they we just came off tour. Um, it just seems like now they've gotten their shit together. Where literally they had a show on, let's say the eighth, and then by the ninth, the eighth show is already on Star yeah. World. So now, for whatever reason, we're back online to where it's coming out probably faster than what it was beforehand. Well, now we just need them to get the booking together. There. That's the third thing, and I was going to say that I don't want to shit on Tam because I like Tam ultimately. I do I too, and I want to make that you know I I do yeah. too. I yeah, just, I think we I think we could both agree that Tam is a top talent, maybe for sure. And I'm not saying that she's the best 
on the roster by any stretch. We all have our phase. I'll let you put your favorite stardom uh, wrestler in the blank of sentence. That being said, to me, it's really about the booking. And I'll just leave that for a moment. I'm going to put that on the <laughs> shelf yeah. because a lot of my problem with Tam recently is surrounding this build with Megan Bain and then the subsequent match at the Starter by Stardom show. This might be a long episode, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> well, shit, let's get to it. Let's talk. Well, hold on, hold on. I want to hear kind of your beyond stardom. Like, what are your like top five this year? If you can kind of, I mean, New Japan's obviously obviously one. one. I would. I can't say I disagree with you on WWE being two. Just okay. the, the work of the bloodline carries it a lot of it plus i do like uh seth rollins getting oh, the title yeah. everything and- the judgment day has been doing all year and this is coming from someone who didn't really like brock and cody either which has been a pretty major story but everything else i think has been really good for the most part yeah i was getting ready to say there's guys that and gals that are getting a chance that EO now is the champ is awesome. Right. I would have never, you would have never seen her as the champ under Vince McMahon. She would still probably be doing God knows what on NXT. So yeah, I'll go WWE is two. The three spot for me, that's where it starts to get a little dicey because I've been a a really, really down on AEW (laughs) this year, especially with the, the poor booking of the women's division across the board. Man, it has been wretched. Um, but I'll still put him at three. I'll go start him four just because I think from what I've kind of seen past night four, stardom wise has kind of gotten me like there's like there was really good matches after what you haven't seen. Uh, was it Shuri and Nats Boy? I think had like a really highly rated cage match on the cage match. I think. Yeah, that uh, Mariah Julia. Oh yeah, was yeah. really good. <laughs> you best um, believe I'm perked up for that one. <laughs> and there was like a, a night where they had three in a row, eight twelve, where you had Hannon versus Azumi. That was a a quietly kept. That was a really still show stealer match. Uh, Shirakawa versus Julia, and then Suriano versus Utami on the A12 show. I have them all at 4.25 and above. Sor- Soriano is a bad bitch, man. Yeah, I'm, that's kind of the reason She's why. It's been just, a nice like, surprise for sure. That's why I'm kind of like, okay, I, the the booking part. I think we can all, well, you and I can agree that the booking <laughs> has been kind of suspect at best. The physical at, at best. <laughs> the physical. In ring action is where I would say still holds up for me. So, New Japan I'd say one, a, min- a minor dip in that, but not not much. Not, not much. much. Not yeah. not where I'm like, okay, you know what? This is some bullshit. Yeah, you know, I'm, no, I'm, no, no. I'm it's ready still, to stop watching. Still it. very good. Yeah. yeah, no at five. The only reason I even say they're at five is because now they're just getting back into a major tour after kind of disappearing a little bit for lack of a better term you know we did the all together show they did some shows with all japan and that's kind of carried them in the over the last couple months now we're getting back to being the focus back on noah and more specifically the n1 tournament so yeah uh right now as it stands noah's in the five spot but it we're going to talk about the n1 the n1 tour has been it's nothing been short of fun so yeah, yeah 
a lot of new blood, a lot of new blood as well. Yeah. So in that scenario, I'm not going to sit here and say that uh, in the mortal world to Stephen A, it's fluid. <laughs> this could easily change at any given point. So, yeah, I'll, I'll go. Like I said, New Japan one, WWE two, AEW three, uh, Stardom four, Noah five. Hell yeah. Well, let's talk about the fucking G1, baby. Let's talk about it. 813. Who needs drops? Naito! 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 Okay. I mean, it was awesome. was as hottest crowd as I've seen. And same building when he won the 2017 against Kenny, which is my fifth favorite match of all time if i recall correctly so. I, was, I was looking for that list that you could send to me somebody was like you know <laughs> what's the list of great new japan show or great new japan matches i was like ah, i think i might have something here hold up <laughs> but no um naito uh versus okada obviously we're setting up for the g1 final on the, the sunday morning saturday night wherever you were uh naito defeating will osprey Coming up to this, which was another barn burner match. We'll Dale talk breaker. about that. And it's here in a second, but I want to kind of focus on just the physical final first. And then we'll, like uh, Brett said, we're going to go backwards, semifinal, quarterfinals. So and a lot of interesting things that happened in the undercard as well on the final. You know, one match that I would have at four stars, that being uh, the LIJ United Empire, but then a lot of obviously setting things up for the next tours to come and challengers and whatnot. So very true. Yeah. A lot to talk about just from that whole show. Really? Yeah. No doubt. Um, Just what'd you think about the, uh, just the G1 final match (laughs) itself? Let's just jump into it. What'd you think? Fucking great, man. I mean, I'm going five stars on it and I'm scale breaker on Osprey Naito. So I gave um, him five stars. Yeah. I watched it live. Admittedly. I wasn't like I was fully awake, but I obviously wasn't at my best. You know, I'd kind of like intentionally was dozing off during some of the undercard, but I was able to like wake up and be good. Um, was I did think Naito was going to win coming into the final, but obviously it could have gone either way. Um, I did rewatch the match. It was again late last night, kind of buzzed, but I was definitely <laughs> like awake and at it and excited right. and confirmed five stars for me. I mean, <clears throat> You know, it definitely was a slower pace at the beginning, but just that crowd was there from the moment. You know, like I said, the Naito chance, like that 2017 run into Wrestle Kingdom 12 when he lost, like that is some of the hottest crowds cheering for him that I can remember in New Japan. And this was pretty damn close, you know, uh, not quite as insane, but like pretty damn close. You know, the Naito chance clear as day, mm-hmm. drowning out the Okada chance multiple times. You know, these guys have obviously been through everything. Um, you know, they had that trilogy last year, which was their first time touching since that incredible Wrestle Kingdom 14 match, which is that's like top. 15 for me of all time i like wept in my bed watching that on a (laughs) sunday morning when he finally hit the stardust press oh like one of the just the greatest moments in new japan history in my opinion and obviously he goes for it again you know with osprey and okada misses both times so so many callbacks you know and just the emotion the whole way and just the true struggle 
it took for him to put like those Destinos, like you could tell it was every fucking thing he had. And Okada hit um, the the uh, Emerald Flosion or whatever they call, you know, he's got the landslide and the Emerald Flosion, which has been like, if he hits that, you're done. But he fucking got out of it and countered it into. So like in that moment, there was that moment. I'm like, fuck, Okada's got it, which I'm not mad about. I love Okada, but like yeah. I was. I was on Team Naito for this one for sure, um, but what else can you say about Okada? <laughs> you know what a fucking run he had. Like this whole tournament. I mean, we talked about the earlier part matches with Taichi, Yoshihashi, obviously Osprey. Hell, he squeezed a four and a quarter star match out of Evil for God's sake. <laughs> That's what the, I gave it to. <laughs> the G, the ZSJ match, four seven five for me. Incredible <laughs> stuff. I really oh. wanted G, ZSJ to win, but like Okada is incredible. Like he has been, he's had such a great year. Um, even after losing the belt, you know, we talked about what's he going to do. It doesn't matter. You know, this isn't balloon pants Okada from 2018 when he just wanted to fuck around for a while. It's like, this is as serious as it gets. So now, what does Okada do for Wrestle Kingdom? <coughs> you, 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 Amira. Excuse me. Excuse me there. Mr. Uemura, you're being called back to New Japan. Yeah. Um, um, but, no, I, I, just, I still think it's Danielson. I just don't know how you get I mean, there. that's certainly in the cards. No um, doubt about it. In the meantime, I guess is is Tai Chi in the mix. He's one of the guys that Okada did beat in the block that is a champion. Tai Chi did come up to him and kind of put the, the KOPW title in his face and Okada kind of, you know, shut him off a little bit, you know, not necessarily uh even though Okada in. invented the belt or True the concept story. rather. Yeah, I was going to say more. Didn't so Tai Chi mix it up with someone else? Like at the final, was there like a potential challenger? Not Shingo. Oh, Great Khan beat him on the last night. I mean, that could be something, maybe. But maybe. But I mean, so fuck. Good. I'd love to see a, you know, Kata Tai Chi like pay per view match before Wrestle Kingdom. But again. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how he responds. Uh, but just back to the match real quick. Yeah, it was outstanding. Everything, every little morsel mattered. You know, Naito got so crushed against Osprey. It's like, how is he even going to have anything left here? But he fought through and got the job done. It was just, it's five stars. It was a perfect match. It's what wrestling should be. Fucking loved it. It was better than all three of their matches last year, I thought. Oh, my God. Which I think I still went like four and a half on two and four and three quarters on. So these guys can't miss. But, um, yeah, I mean, this might be their second best match ever. Um, yeah. It was no, that, no, it was definitely a, a roller coaster ride, especially if you're someone like me who's a mark for Naito. So, you know, at a certain point, I'm just like, you know, just if you could avoid the Rainmaker, we got a chance, you know, just. Mm -hmm. Don't get hit with the Rainmaker. The landslide, everything else, you know, you could work your way around it. Plenty of false finishes that just added to the the drama of the match itself. But I would still be lying if I said I thought Naito was going to win, with even with all the signs, you know, six years to the day after his second win. Same you know, building. The three, the three losses, like you said, last year against Okada, and that was part of the reason why I didn't pick 
Well, he beat he beat him in the New Japan Cup, Cup. but uh, both lost both title matches. So, okay, more so where I guess I'm more focused. But a New Japan Cup semifinal is nothing compared, compared to a G one a G one final. final. Yeah, G one final is akin to a title win, I think, in terms of like prestige and yeah. Yeah, because I was getting ready to say somebody definitely uh, approached Naito after the fact and wanted to make sure he was first. We <laughs> gonna get to that in a second. I guess that that was kind of my point. It was there was no reason for me to look at Naito and think he could be one of the top guys to win it. Obviously, you yeah. Know, let's just be honest. You were doubting him very much so. What, yeah. What, what is what is that? What is that? I know. Say right there. Should have picked Naito. <laughs> Because I, I remember I brought it up. I'm like, because before the tournament, just on our text thread, you know, talking about potential winners, it's like, obviously, you're going to have your Okadas and Ospreys. You know, they were the finalists last year. They're the two best wrestlers in the world. I don't care what anyone else says. Um, but then beyond that, you got to start thinking, okay, who else? And e every year, I don't necessarily love that they try and kind of tell the same story with Naito every year. Like, if he doesn't win the G1, how's he going to get to Wrestle Kingdom? But it has put a heightened importance on his G1 every year over everyone else's to a degree that they keep hitting on this. Tanahashi uh, getting a little, they're teasing about next year's G1. Yeah. And I did, uh, when Naito kind of got out the ring and he was going past commentary or whatever and he kind of stopped and uh him and uh tanahashi kind of looked eyes you know, locked eyes or whatever you can see it right there even if tanahashi doesn't win next year that's going to be a storyline for next year's g1 tanahashi naito probably in the same block again to where now tanahashi's on maybe his last final g1 run naito's in the way in some form or fashion and their paths are going to cross again. I love the fact that they locked eyes and not and Tanahashi was looking at it like you son of a motherfucker. Bitch. <laughs> and, and Naito pulled the best match out of Tanahashi by far of this tournament. I think I even went four and a half. I gave it the mark bump point up. Like I loved it. It was as good as Tanahashi can be right now, like physically in the ring. I think so. Man, those last three matches of Naito, you just gotta. Not that he was like taking the tournament off by any means. I thought the Zach match was great, um, he but he was just hates a fucking star. Yeah, I mean, he lost what two out of his first three matches, so he's just kind of lying in the weeds, you know, results wise and performance wise. And wow, he fucking turned the dial up to twenty for those last three matches, and it, it was it felt like twenty seventeen Naito like. Physically in the ring, like he didn't look worse for wear at all. He looked incredible. Crowd yeah, was along the whole ride. No, commentary, I thought, really did a good job. Pointing commentary out is amazing the whole way. Per Chris usual. Charlton, and these, he's so good. Like when the guys are coming out, making their entrance, it like really talking about the story with so much real passion yes. and emotion. So yes. fucking yes. love Chris Charlton. Yeah, and of he course, had Kevin me by the time it was, uh, the main event or whatever, and they, they talked about Naito's story and Okada's story. By the time he was done, I was like, I'm awake. Let's do it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Let's fucking do that this was, shit. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I'm excited for uh, him to get another chance to do play-by-play -play when uh, Kevin Kelly comes back and does collision or whatever the case may be. I'm sure he's coming back at some point, whether it's 
this week or next week he'll be on collision because obviously New Japan is going to take some time off, reset, figure out what they're going to do next. But I'm excited for Chris Charlton to get another chance to uh, to do play by play again. I think he's, he's so good. really, and I think that now that we we were kind of questioning why it was happening, why Chris Charlton was doing play by play. Now that we're seeing that Kevin Kelly is doing some collision shows it now it makes perfect sense yeah and it just adds to chris charleston's versatility importance whatever you want to call it but yeah i couldn't agree with you more by the time chris charleston was done with okada coming out of the ring i'm like fucking let's do this shit it lived up to the hype six years to the day kevin (laughs) we did goku sumo hall I was like, oh my god. Let's die! Fuck! Yeah. <laughs> it's four in the morning. I'm having a seizure yeah. over here for Christ's sake. No, great match. Commentary did great. Both guys did great. Let's go backwards. We gave Naito Osprey to five stars. Let's talk about the match that could have just turned the whole apple cart over and pissed a lot of people off. And that was Evil versus Okada. <laughs> Obviously, Okada wins this match to go on to the semifinal. But Evil has, and House of Torture for that matter, has caught a lot of shit, especially coming off of the shingle match, the way it finished. I know, like I said, on BFR, I damn near had a heart attack watching the end of that because it was so much fuckery. And LIJ finally comes out to help Shingo, yeah. and they still fucking lose. I'm like, get the fuck out And the here. fact that Tama Tonga did not come out when, like, it truly benefited him to have Evil lose, like, I feel like that was a miss. Even if, like, the plan was for Evil to win that, they should have had Tama come out. Cause it yeah, just, because it benefit. he would have gotten a playoff match. Like, even not, but just to, like, put House of Torture at bay. Like, not, like, directly interfere, you know, but help. So I thought that I thought that could have added more intrigue to it. To eat well, let's rewind the tape. So on the final night of D Block, or I'm sorry, C Block, I apologize. Tomatonga had won his match, moving from seven points to nine points. So he was leading the block. Eddie Kingston, David Finley had their match. David Finley wins, so David Finley clinches the top spot in C Block. So at this point, when Evil and Shingo comes out. Basically, it boils down to if Shingo can win, Shingo and Tamatanga would have a one-match playoff. Immediately thereafter, right? Immediately thereafter. Which would have been so fucking tight. I don't think I've ever even – we've heard about it, but I don't think we've ever seen it. So So fuck evil even more. (laughs) Right? So immediate, I'm like, oh. Or House of Torture, rather. Because we know evil's good. Like, he's got it. Like, we don't need to talk about that, but yeah. Without anyway. question. It's yeah. not even the ability of evil. It's more so, of, at least for me, the House of Torture gimmick. Same shit. It's just we're moving different parts, doing different things. Anyway, so if evil wins, obviously, evil would get the second spot behind uh, David Finley. So at that point, I'm totally invested into it because I'm like, okay, we could get a playoff into a playoff match. I mean, who wouldn't want that shit? And then, of course, all kinds of fuckery starts happening. LIJ comes out. I'm like, thank God it's about yeah, damn about time. Fucking you, jokers, time. <laughs> you jokers come out of me. What the fuck? So, of course, they come out. They get laid to waste by a house of torture and then evil with a cleanish, and I'll use that in quotation marks, 
victory over Shingo. So he advances into the quarterfinals. He beats Sonata uh, in the, I guess that was a semifinal um, match of the you know, quarterfinal round. Sonata banged Which I up. thought that match stunk. I think, okay, let's let's stop right there. Is yeah. Sonata more banged up than what, than what we think he is? Yeah, because he even he posted something on Instagram like about his bicep, and you could see like a bruise. So probably, but I one it sucks for Sonata that like he was perfect through the tournament and like he didn't. He, it was just not a good match. Like he at no point did I really think he was ever going to win. You know, I predicted ahead of time, like, I think Evil's going to win. Evil versus Sonata obviously makes sense as a title match before Wrestle Kingdom. But House of Torture fuckery aside, like, that shit can be compelling. See the Okada match. And there's been a, a handful, a small handful of other matches I can't pinpoint off the top of my head right now. But, like, it can work in very, very small doses. But this one just did not work for me. And, yeah, I I do think Sonata probably is more banged up. Um, I hope he's okay. You know, I hope he can still go. Um, I hope Evil, Evil does not win the fucking title and we go Naito <laughs> Evil at Wrestle Kingdom. Oh, shit. Oh, God. Jesus. God, he didn't mean it. He didn't mean it. We, I was thinking it, but he didn't mean to say it out loud. That's what I was thinking when... Okada beat Evil. Okay, great. You know, that's, you know, one less thing we got to worry about. But he did beat Sonata in the quarterfinals. And now he physically holds that championship. He stole it. Right. I was thinking it was just Oh, that's what it was. Show. Show came after KOPW. Because I think he stole the KOPW belt. Evil stole the world, so that's what I was thinking of. It's it was gonna the, be it was, it was show the, versus Tai Chi. It was one of the leading uh, undercard uh, yeah, matches on, on the, the final, final. night. Yeah. Uh, so in that scenario, I guess we answered that question. And show we know a fantastic fucking wrestler who's just been relegated to a fucking jobber loser, and I hate it because like he is so fucking good. I was hoping that him turning heel would be more beneficial than what it is right now. And basically he's a, just a step above Udro more yeah, talented. But basically, He's a Udro that can walk. <laughs> okay. God bless that dude. But he's basically serving the same purpose, which of Udro, which is a goddamn shame. He's way more talented than that. Okay. So let's jump to the quarterfinal uh, night for two seconds. Hikaleo, Naito, Finley, Osprey, Evil, Sonata, ZSJ, Okada. I had in order of shows, I had Naito, Hikaleo at four stars, Osprey, Finley at four and four and a quarter, Evil, Sonata at four stars, ZSJ, and Okada at four and a half. I thought the ZSJ, Okada is classic. Amazing. ZSJ, Okada, so close with. Zack Sabre Jr. hasn't beat Okada uh, in I wanted Japan. it so bad. I thought if this was a chance, if there was yeah. a chance to do it, this was going to be it. If if it was ever going to happen, ZSJ probably on my short list of wrestlers of the year. Oh, we've been saying that, yeah, for months. I think I, now he might have a little company. Well, oh, there's a lot of company. Into this conversation I mean, Okada. Okada, Frank, like I was saying it earlier, it's hard to hard to deny Okada at this point. But he, at least three guys from New Japan in the conversation of wrestler of the year. 
I thought CSJ did exactly what he was going to do or what I expected him to do in this match. Everything but win the match. The title caught up, started off slow, but then it just always seems like ZSJ is a counterpuncher. He'll take one to get get one to where now you've given him your arm, and now here's an arm bar. He, yeah, he can show. literally win at any moment at the drop of a hat. Like that Shingo match, I think, in the G1 a couple years ago where he just got the arm and whoop! That was the, or it might have been last year, I think. So, yeah, that's the thing is, like, you just never know with him. And we know Okada taps out. He just did to Brian Danielson. So, <laughs> which I like because, like, it seemed like for so long in WWE, not the, like, shit, but, like, someone like John Cena. Like, t- people are too protected to ever even tap out. It's like, guys, this is a common way to end a wrestling match. It's, and it's, it's okay it's to okay. tap out. Yeah, I was getting ready to say, there's times where you just get caught. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. You know, I'd rather it be a scenario where when Okada tapped out to Danielson, I was like, what the fuck just happened? What the fuck just happened? <laughs> and it was such a shock. It took me a second for it to settle in versus it's it's like John Cena. You know, it, it would like ZSJ would have John Cena in a, you know, a triangle choke. You're just like, eh, you know, you know how this is going to work. You know yeah. how he's going to power out of this. It's just a, a matter of time. That's really all I ask for in scenarios like this. Okada clearly is the ace of New Japan. Well, I shouldn't say that. Tanahashi is <laughs> the ace, but, but Okada yeah. is booked the strongest. Final uh, boss, as they've yeah, been saying. Yeah, final boss. Yeah, better choice of words. So in that scenario, I expect certain things <clears throat> to happen. I expect him to kick out of finishers even with even with destino uh in the final match he kicked out of it the first time i was like okay that that's i'm not gonna get mad but we need to put this one on him another one on him really quick and get this thing out of the way same with zsj zsj had him at a certain point where i was like if he's gonna tap out this is the moment i think he had the arms kind of uh same way that danielson did had the arms trapped leg you know wrapped around the head or whatever Basically, Okada would just have to like shimmy his way to the ropes to uh, to escape, and then ultimately that's what happened. I love the fact that ZSJ's story is still ongoing. The big win over Okada is probably the step for him to get, if he's ever to be champion, he's going to have to beat Okada first to get there. No doubt, and I would love to fucking see it one day. He's obviously challenged Okada twice for it, you know, after both New Japan Cup wins last year in 2018. But, yeah, again, I thought this might have been it as well, and it was very close, and he looked – I mean, it was an amazing match. I went 4-7-5 on this. The counters at the end, you know, those guys were just so crisp, so smooth, some great striking. Like you said, ZSJ, not the biggest guy in the world – but he can take a punch and he can hammer you with those uppercuts. And next thing you know, you're on the ground twisted up like a fucking pretzel. So yeah, absolutely love this match was sad. I I think I did do the no. after He got hit with the rainmaker. Yeah. I was like, son of a bitch. But it was awesome. I know I've said, God damn it. At some point, it's like, this dude just cannot lose. Let's talk about a guy that wasn't losing for a while. Go ahead. I'm sorry. uh, I was just going to say real quick. Uh, Finley Osprey. I was just going to give my ratings on. I was yeah, four and a half on Finley Osprey. I thought it was fantastic. 
I had clocked them at five last year in their U.S. title match that was referenced multiple times as kind of the moment when David Finley turned violent, hammering him with the shillelagh against the table. And then their G1 match last year was also great. So a nice kind of background rivalry with those two guys. Um, then I was three and a half on Hikaleo Naito. Crowd was really into it. You know, there was some some sloppiness a little bit, but it was still a good match. And I didn't really care to rate Evil Sonata. Stunk. <laughs> Let's go back to Hikaleo for a second. Obviously, he's a guy of consternation, I guess, for lack of a better term, between the two of us. Someone who is booked fairly strong to start, beats Jay White, wins the never open weight title, and then kind of cooled off a la Tony Khan style, disappears for a little bit, starts off the G1 slowly. I believe he lost his first three, yeah. but then came on. Including strong. the Chase Owens. Which I think that's when I was like, okay, you know what? This is probably where I'm really a little over Hickaway. What the fuck's going on? You beat Jay White for Christ's sake. Yeah. And now he flips it. In an amazing match. Yeah. A match I went four and three quarters on, you know, as much for like the story as the work. And it was such an incredible Jay White performance. But Hickaway more than held his own. Definitely. So, like, you know he's got something and couldn't agree more, and I'm going to kind of finish your point here now that I'm talking. <laughs> like, yeah, similarly, I'm writing this motherfucker off, and then he did turn it on. You know, the Suji match I thought was fantastic. Obviously, Yoda Suji is God, so um, I can't remember the other ones off. I think one of them, he beat Shota on the final night. Was that right? Which was very solid as well. Yes, it was. He, he on the final night on the final match. So basically, the the final night of a block. To get it was to basically make it through, Hickaleo, yeah. The winner moved on. To I take think I went five. four stars on that and four and a quarter on Hikaleo and Suji. So again, yeah, like he kind of flipped the switch. Commentary even referenced it. You know, I think I talked last time about him being the least intimidating giant. Mm -hmm. I'm still gonna hold pat on that, but like, there's, <laughs> there's something in there, like you we've we've seen it you know again the suji match i think was a perfect example like he came to fucking work and fight and he wasn't going down but like we just need like he's never going to be a good promo in fact he's never going to be an average promo he can't fucking talk uh it's a shame but it's like use your face be mean be mean come on Jado, pull it out of him but i'm i'm happy that he got this bit of a run you know, he's showcased that he's, like I said, he's got something. He's pretty good. You know, he's never going to be great. But I just, we just need to see some fear, fear emanating from him on a more consistent or being able to put fear in his opponents, I guess would be the correct thing to say. But the fear of God, um, somebody else. But yeah, I, I think I leave this G1 feeling a little bit better about him. So part of the undercard on the final night. Looks like it has oh, yeah. Hikaleu and ELP yeah. going against the War Dogs. Which I love. Gabriel Kidd and Alex Coughlin. Was, I was thinking about, you know, because as I guess angles were kind of, you know, being formed on the final night, I was thinking, okay, tag teams, you know, somebody's going to have to challenge the two tag team champions at 
certain points, just not sure who, just not sure when. TMDK looks like they're going to get another crack for the at third time back. this year. Uh, well, third time challenging for the tag titles. One was against Aussie Open, Open. Um, which remember when, like, I think it was when Bishamon won them back. And I'm like, why TMDK? Like, they already had a shot because now it would have made this mean a little more because that was like early in the year, but right. now they've already done it twice. And it's like, are they really going to lose a third time? You know, and I love you know how much I love Bishamon and like this rain kind of just getting going again. And we'll talk about hot potatoing when we talk about the stardom tag title. But... <laughs> oh, look at you, you just can't wait. <laughs> so which which tag match are you more excited about? Are we more excited about TMDK versus Bishamon or no. War Dogs versus yeah, way you and ELP really? Yeah, I am. Um, and I think that's as much to say about what Gabe, especially Gabe Kidd and Alex Coughlin, but Gabe Kidd just overall was incredible in the G1. Yeah, he was doing the same same old thing every time, but like in ring, the shit talk. You know, we mentioned last time they call him a generational talent. This guy's really fucking good. <laughs> Um, Kovlin, I think, is definitely a bit of a step below, but he certainly looks the part and he's more than adequate in the ring, no doubt. But Gabe Kidd is a star. Um, and just kind of like what we were saying about Hikaleo, it's good to see him in a meaningful, you know, feud, I guess. And I think he's perfect as a tag team guy. And what, you know, mixing he and ELP, I think, is an awesome team, you know. Got ELP, you know, fast flying around, being a little dickhead, even still. Um, which I love. I love ELP, and yeah. we'll talk about him and Osprey for sure. That was one of the the later matches that I thought definitely stood out. But yeah, yeah. I'm more excited about this. And granted, I do want to say I leave this G1 thinking much higher on TMDK, especially Mikey Nichols, who I was never. I always just kind of thought he was bland and average, and Haste was always, you know, the more charismatic, but yeah. like. Nichols came to play this G1, man. He was headbutting everyone. Ble- he was pulling a Moxley. <laughs> like his head, but his head was bleeding half the matches. No, no I, was, I said that like uh, either on here or on uh, BFR, that headbutt with Hanari. I think that was the first night of their block yeah. action. That was going to be something that was going to go on as the – the tournament went on. That's going to be something that we're always going to go come back to and be like, yeah, he's bleeding again. And, you yeah. know, it ain't just Moxley, everybody. So the yeah. ECE match. Fantastic. I think that was my favorite of his. I went four and a quarter. Um, so this is not to say I'm not excited for T. I'm definitely much more excited for TMDK Bishamon this time than the first time. Uh, Cause I think these guys got some steam, both of them coming out of this. I mean, Shane haste beat the fucking G one winner. Right. So that's, a, that's say, a feather in his cap. The, um, him and Jeff Kyle. Yes. I like the fact that, and this is just because after the, you know, the night you don't win, you know, I'm watching, you know, the backstage comments, you know, I'm trying to soak it all in, you know, being the bandwagon that I am at this point. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, Naito's going to put this thing up. I know he is. Okada didn't let anybody challenge it for it last year. That's right. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. He was like, damn that. I'm just going straight to Wrestle Kingdom. I'm not even going to put it out there. 
I was like, I know Naito's not going to be doing the same thing. I wonder who's going to be the first. Never mind. Hey, Jeff Cobb. So Jeff- I didn't even see that. Um, I figured something would transpire, but I didn't even know that till you just told me. So well, uh, yeah, because I mean, by that point, I'm awake. You know, Naito's one. I, I, you know, I watched him do the roll call, and commentary was starting to finish up, and then they went backstage, and you know, Chris Charlton was translating for Naito and. Just basically, he's like, you know, hey, I'm tired. I'm getting ready. To, I'm trying to get out of here. And Jeff Cobb, you know, pops onto the scene. He was like, hey, you know, you're G1 winner, but, you know, I beat you. First night, I beat you. It's like, God fucking damn it. I mean, the dude can't even just do this victory lap in peace. And here comes fucking Jeff Cobb already ready to turn the fucking apple cart over. So, yeah. High I'm five, looking- Tom. Pretty happy about that. <laughs> he and I might not be friends if uh, Jeff Cobb wins. No, I'm totally joking. <laughs> my wrestling lord and saver, high five, Tom, is my brother for life. Um, Jeff Cobb, Shane Hayes, I think are guys that are going to be roadblocks in between here and Wrestle Kingdom for Naito. And I think that's a good way to keep his night, his story fresh especially with Shane Hayes nobody saw Shane Hayes no. beat Naito if you did you're full of shit so in that scenario it's going to be interested to see how that receipt comes he should beat Shane Hayes Jeff Cobb that's a definite coin flip but I'm interested to see how it plays itself out yeah I mean Naito's walking into Wrestle Kingdom with that I would, case. I would but like the to question is who's the champ you know we talked last episode about you know maybe it not being Sonata I can't really see Osprey kind of wiggling his way to that, but like obviously evil's next up and we already talked about that and don't want to waste any more breath on it. But could there be two title defenses in between now and wrestle kingdom is the question. If not, I think we're looking at Naito Sonata, which obviously makes plenty of sense, but you know, we've talked about Sonata being more of that transitional type champion. He's had a nice run. You know, it's not been great, but it's been good. But is he a transitional champion at this point? I mean, he's he's held the title for a a little bit. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you're right. It was, what, April? So, yeah, it's been four months. So, I think we've got... If he loses it before Wrestle Kingdom, I think we could call him a transitional champion. Really? If he he does not, then no. That's kind of... But, again, that's to say it's been great. His whole reinvention has been awesome. He's stepped it up in ring. I've enjoyed every bit of it. But Naito Sonata is your Wrestle Kingdom main event. Eh. You know, I'm here for it, but it's not moving the needle for me as much as Osprey Okada or some other things we've seen in fucking Ibushi Jay White. Um... Yeah, so no, that's, that's that's kind of where I'm at. No, that's completely fair. I just for me, like a transitional champion is somebody like the Miz when for like he, a month or two, right? You yeah, know, he, I feel you. He's just basically Let's say here to you in know, the scope of New Japan. Okay, because that's a fair. little bit different. You completely know, like, fair because we're used to title six reigns are usually pretty long. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, let's jump over to oh, let's jump back to the A block for a second. Is that well, real I might- quick, I think before we move back to that, we never really gave Osprey Naito its due. We haven't really like talked about, and I think that's the match of the tournament. You know, like I said, it's, really, I think it's a scale over, breaker over ELP Osprey. Oh yeah, I think I would put uh, 
that a uh, Naito Osprey one, and then Naito Okada two, and then I would maybe go ZSJ Okada three maybe. Um, I don't know. I'd have to think, but like I'm thinking like the four seven fives I had, I think were ZSJ Okada. Osprey ELP and then Osprey Okada. So I'd probably put Osprey ELP in the four spot, I think. Um, But just that Okada, or excuse me, Osprey Naito was fucking everything you could ask for and more. That was it. When when Naito was laying those elbows in, I thought his head was going to come off. Like, I've never, ever seen him hit those elbows with that much veracity. I mean... It was the smack impact was getting to the point where I'm like, okay, all right, all right. And a friend of mine was saying, you know, did you watch that match? That never watches New Japan. Doesn't oh wow. he's a WWE guy and saw highlights of it. And he was like, Did you watch that match? I was like, dude, dude, you know I watched it. Of course I watched it. He's like, Man, I thought the match was gonna get stopped a couple of times. It's like, <laughs> you and me both. Just and that's the- how I think it's kudos to both guys how they sold the the damage done by both guys. Absolutely. Yeah. The pace, just the power of both guys, not knowing who the hell was going to win that thing, you know, like it 50, 50, I think it could have gone either way. Um, It was just, I can't wait to rewatch it. I have not rewatched that one, but just blown away. Like it's just one of those matches where I was just fucking blown away. Once again, not even knowing how, especially where they, they've done it, where A1, you know, wrestles C2, B1 wrestles D2. Wasn't really sure how we were going to get, if we were going to get to uh, Naito, Osprey, um, match past the... Which was my final pick, and I had said... Well, I would kind of had it all planned out before the blocks ended, and I'm like, oh, I've got it, so... I guess I had Naito beating Okada maybe in the semi. Yeah, because I think I had Cobb as the block winner. And then that would have put Naito at two. So, yeah. So that's kind of like, well, Naito Osprey finals still in play. You know, we get it in the semi for the second year in a row, um, which was their first match last year. Uh, but this is by far the best of their three. I think the... The U.S. title match after last year was probably a little better than the G1. But man, like I said, this is just one of those matches that's it's going to be an all-timer for me, I think. like, I, And not like one of my absolute favorites, but just one I'm going to go back to to like show people. Right. Like this, this is, is what out. perfect pro wrestling in 2023 is in terms of in-ring just like – it was it's, amazing. It's crazy that you said that about them just having those three matches between the two. It almost feels like their chemistry is just that good. Where it, it it's just it took a whole nother a whole nother realm of a, a story where you know Will Ospreay kind of has Naito's number a little bit, but now. Here's Will in Naito's way on the way to a possible Wrestle Kingdom match. It couldn't have been set up any more perfect. I was and I was saying this to you on our personal thread. I like I like there. I say love both guys. Obviously, Naito is my number one. Will Ospreay is probably in that top five somewhere. 
I was doing good with not rooting and oh, chill. Yeah. <laughs> Will Ospreay decide he's going to spit on Naito. And that's where I was like, okay, you know what, motherfucker? And essentially go for a Stardust, like his own <laughs> twist on a Stardust press and hit it, too. I'm like, you motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. God damn it. I'm like, you better kick out of this shit. Get out of his ass. It was so good. It was if there was if I did more than five stars, this is probably the one of the few times I would do it. Yeah. It was just a ride where once the match was over, I would physically like I, I had to exhale. It's like you need a cigarette shit. after yeah. that one. It yeah. was really an emotional ride. And I love the fact that it was Will Ospreay was a part of guys that Naito had to beat on the way to winning the G1. Absolutely, yeah. Like I said, him beating Osprey and Okada back to back to win it. Like, what, what more could you ask for? Tanahashi on the final night, yeah, is is something else to kind of throw in there. Hikaleu who kind of was, you know, the speed bump in the road, and just just beating beating Zach, who's been a big nemesis of him, especially in the G1. We talked about that 2018 block final, and then him injuring Naito what two years ago in the first match. So. That was another huge hurdle, and obviously he's not going to the playoffs if he loses that. So, yeah, what a run. No, it was um, – thank you for reminding me about that. Uh, just quick thoughts on the A block. Um, we talked about Kaito Kiyomiya as one of the guys that we expected to move on to at least the quarterfinals, obviously – he losing him losing to uh Ren Narita was a, a little bit of a surprise. I wouldn't say complete surprise, but just thoughts on Kaito Kiyomiya not advancing. Do you think this is a storyline that's going to follow him over to Noah? Just thoughts on the overall Kaito Kiyomiya's performance in the G1. Yeah, I mean, we talked last time, I would say he was the first half MVP for lack of a better term. Obviously the results weren't there on the back end, which, um, you know, ain't his fault, but performance wise, I thought he far exceeded expectations. And this is a guy I know how good this guy is. And it's, you know, I've finally come around to him and I was never anti Kaito by any means, you know, it was me giving him shit, calling him little bitch boy was obviously a lot in jest, but part of it was like, you know, I want him to be a little better or I want him to be booked. I don't know. I didn't want him beating Keno for the title. I guess maybe I'm just getting too personal with this shit. Just like in <laughs> stardom, but Hey, that's my prerogative, but right. no, like, yeah, another guy. I've said this multiple times throughout another guy come out of this tournament thinking more highly of, and I'm more interested in to see what he does, not only in Noah, but, Maybe back in New Japan, because I have a feeling he's going to want to get some of Gabe Kidd, as is the rest of the whole A block. <laughs> but, um, like, that's a match I would love to see. I would love to see either he, he versus either Suji or Shota again, because those were both draws. You know, he's got some unfinished business, but there's obviously all of Noah still carrying on without him. So where does he fit in there? So I'm more intrigued with Kaito than I probably ever have been right now. Uh, maybe minus the very brief like run he had in 2021 when he went like black hair and black pants and was kind of like more of an asshole. That was a Kaito I love. Did you miss that Kaito? Yeah. So, but yeah, I'm very, very intrigued on both sides to see kind of where he fits in. And now with the Ryohei Oiwa thing I mentioned earlier, like, you know, they tagged together on the final night and 
post-match comments, you know, turns out it sounds like Oi was like, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but he's going on like his official excursion in Noah. Him and uh, Fujita are both going on their excursions. Uh, Where's Fujita going? I think he's going to Australia, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, I guess that makes tons of sense given TMDK. Other than Zach, are all Australians? So yeah. Uh, oh, and I guess saying. big, big dude Tito or bad dude Tito. God, come back. Yes. We missed you. Yes, please. Um, interesting. Okay. Well, because they had said that, like, for the second time now, they've said Fujita's no longer a young lion. So, like, I don't. I figured he would still have something. You know, that final night where he teamed up with TMDK. They had said that he was going on excursion. I'm pretty sure because uh, there's a, an event that's going to happen in Australia. Kevin Kelly was talking about that. Robbie Eagles put a bug in his ear, ear in that. Oh yeah, and that's where I think Fuji is going to make his first like appearance there and then start his excursion. Dude, that kid is 20 years old. Man, he's fucking good. Ichiban, sweet boy. Uh, yeah. Dude, the, it, Fujita is going to be scary good uh, when he comes back. Look at all the guys that are just, you know, come know. from excursion have come back. You're more is the one that I'm kind of waiting for to come back to see how yep. he progresses. But And he's going to have a fucking huge chip on his shoulder. We talked, you know, not being included in these three musketeers. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? The the bar is pretty high. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you can thank Yoda Suji for that. Um, Yeah, amongst other people. (laughs) What else is there to say about that guy? We'll get to it, but holy. No, let's just get to it right now, man. I just got to say, Jesus Christ. All right, well, let's get to it. He fucking pinned Will Ospreay. He did pin Will Ospreay. So that, that, I guess, is... Is that what's on deck for him oh, next? Yeah. Are we just going Which straight to now the- minted the IWGP UK championship? That's some news. Yay or nay? Eh, indifferent. I don't really care. I don't too give much. Shit either way. Yeah. <laughs> I still wish that it was the Intercontinental instead. I kind of look at that belt a little more like the Intercontinental at this point. Like it's it means more than the never title at the you know, which we kind of thought would maybe take that intercontinental spot but it's definitely below um but yeah i don't give a shit but i I give a shit about this and like that undercard tag like i said i went four stars on at the moment those two got in it's magic Mm. and you talk about chemistry i mean osprey has it with everyone everyone so why wouldn't yoda suji the guys like like, i can't say enough great things about him and we've seen him like five times that's so, what, yeah, I was getting ready to say. I cannot fucking wait for this match. We, and, he was coming in with, I guess that was, it was United Empire, obviously, but then he did like a, a match with House of Torture. And I'm like, wow, you know, this is the first time I'm seeing Yoda Suji in this scenario in the undercard and yeah. matches that, you know, most people don't give a fuck about. And I don't blame him for it, but just to see him go through this you know, round of matches. I'm like, that's crazy. And imagine how much better he's going to get. Cause the good, the thing about him is he has all the intangibles and then some, you know, all that stuff you can't teach coming out with that hood and that fucking smile right in the main event of the second biggest show of the year. We've talked all about it, but even from then he's never let his foot off the gas and he's just, he looks the part. He is the part. Azar said it like he feels a lot bigger than he actually is. 
Like, I think he's only like six one. Like what? Gabe Gabe Kidd is like bigger than him. Like I remember that going to that match. I'm like, Gabe Kidd's got an inch on him. You know, he's not as thick, but Higuchi similarly is another guy that okay, okay. feels a lot bigger that they're both like six one. They're about the same size. That's crazy. If he's six one, I'm I'm absolutely <laughs> stunned. He's gotta be like six one, like two sixty. Yeah. But Oh, Suji, man. I can't gush enough. And again, that's not taken away from Narita and Shota, who... Well, let's get to this, because I think we were texting about this as well. Like, Narita's one guy I don't feel as highly about coming out of this G1. Nothing. I don't feel worse about him, but I don't feel... I think he just had a very average tournament, you know, compared to the other two guys. Like, Shota shined. You know, his crowd connection is just getting stronger and stronger, and that's very important. In ring, he looked great. I just said everything I had to say about Suji. And Ren still had some good shit. You know, the opener against Shota, I think, was his best match. The draw, the Suji draw was also really good. You know, the Gabe Kid match, fun. Um, Kaito, good. so good, good stuff, but just, he just... I said it. He he feels like he's regressed slightly since like last fall or earlier this year. When you know people forget, Nazar said it. He beat Sonata last year in the he, TV he title. Yeah, I was about to say. And that match with CSJ at Wrestle Kingdom was fucking awesome. Like he was the guy I was highest on, or I guess of just he and Shota because we hadn't seen Suji yet. Yeah, I was just getting ready to but say now it. I've flip-flopped on those two for now. Like, I'm higher on Shota, but, like, Ren's still got it. I think, you know, he's a bit more stoic, you know, and not as much of, like, the strong character. We know he can go in the ring, but even then, like, I thought he lacked a little bit of intensity in the tournament compared to, like, what we've seen from him. Maybe he needs a little Shibata in his life. I don't know. Well, now the Deka commentary said it best on the, <coughs> the last night or the night, the second to last night that when we saw Suzuki make one of his first appearances back on tour, that Suzuki kind of was like, you know, are you just here to be here? Are you trying to, you know, yeah. win this fucking thing? So maybe Suzuki is being the playing the Shibata role that you're you're looking for. Did somebody light a fire underneath the man's ass? And get him, you know, motivated. Although, let, let me say real quick, though, and this is from the final, like, Ren and Shota were on opposing teams, and they were just fucking fighting and punching the whole, like, it's going to be an eternal rivalry, and I yep. love it. And I think maybe we see that match at Wrestle Kingdom, perhaps. Or a three-way between the three, I think, would be okay, so yeah. fucking awesome, too. Say. But, like, these two especially feel more like natural rivals and maybe Suji and Uemura will kind of become that at some point. But, like, these two already have been doing this shit. Um, so I'm here for it. Yeah, I was going to say, I could definitely see them. And it, it doesn't even have to be a match with any, you know, skin in the game. Like you said, this is eternal rivals. These are guys that are going to fight. It was the same match when, what was it? Uh, oh, it was like Nagata. Uh, they were talking uh, and, to Suzuki. Yeah, they're like, give it 20 years and these guys will still be doing it. And, I'm sitting there shaking my head yeah. like, yeah, I can see these two jokers yeah. fighting while I'm in the, somebody's fucking uh, medical ward coughing up my third lung, you know, <laughs> making sure I stay alive. Um, no, I, I'll just say this about Ren. I don't need him. To, I don't necessarily need him to be flashy because that's why I have showed up. For sure. He's the anti-Shota Umino. 
him just being stoic and being, you know, deadpan serious is perfect. Has he kind of declined a little bit? I, I guess if it's you marginal. To... It's marginal. You yeah, know? it's it's nothing where it's like, what the fuck's going on? Yeah. If you're looking at it from, yeah, he was here with wrestling ZSJ at Russell Kingdom for the, the TV title. And now if we're kind of trying to figure out really what's next for him past the shuttle Umino, because at some point you're going to get past that and you can always come back around to it. I can <laughs> yes. kind of see where you're saying that, but I think honestly right now it feels like the never six man titles are probably the back in play because now you have strong style back. You have GOD ELP kind of feeling like they could be a six man in some form or fashion. If I had to guess, my guess is never open weight six man for he and strong style when it comes to rendering. Which I feel like you got to get those belts off Okada before Wrestle Kingdom so you can have a match at Wrestle Kingdom because he's clearly not going to be doing that. So gets to square. when yes. they did, they did uh, highly tease probably on the next tour, it was strong style against. Shota, I think Nagata and Wato, if I'm not mistaken, like that they really kind of pitted those six against each other. So maybe that's like a a number one contenders, you know, without claiming it as that, like whoever wins kind of gets that shot. So yeah, I can totally see that. I, I, I'd say I totally forgot that uh, that even happened until you said that, which I'm fine with. I mean, until we get things back to quote unquote normal. I'm okay with this. You know, it's still a build to ultimately what Wrestle Kingdom will ultimately be. And you'll have a junior title match, a junior tag title match, things along those lines. Maybe guys like, you know, I was thinking about Francisco Akira, TJP. Oh. You know, we, I had seen them in a little bit. I was kind of like, you know, maybe we'll see yeah, them. Let's bring the, the juniors night. back into the fold. Like, that's the thing. You miss those guys. You know, this whole tour, like, obviously, it was great seeing Hiromu and Desperado and even Wato to a degree, you know. But, uh, yeah, let's start getting these guys. Speaking of which, who the hell are the junior tag champs? Oh, it's fucking Drilla and Clark, which I want to see those guys so bad. <laughs> like, I remember Azar texted, like, mid-tournament. He's like, what do you think those guys are up to right now? Shit, so, know. you know, they're going to be ready to fuck people up. So. Yeah. I'm waiting for them to come back. So in the grand scheme of things, I think it's it's going to work itself out. I'm not going to, to worry about Ren Narita too, too much. No, and I'm not either. But it was just one guy that I'm not necessarily higher on coming out of. But I wouldn't say I'm lower on. So All right. Who's I your still, MVP? still love him. Uh, it's got to be Okada. I mean, I was saying it earlier. The results, everything, final boss, the final, pulling that match out of evil. Yeah, it's Okada for me. How about you? I'm going to go Will Ospreay. Yeah, I mean, I think between Okada, Naito, and Ospreay, you really can't go wrong with any of those three. Ospreay is just consistently hitting the mark and can have – just any kind of match you really want him to have. If you want him to fly out of the ring, great. If you want him to, you know, have some sort of technical match, he could do that too. His mic work is great. I mean, it's hard. It's a handful of people that I would take over Will Ospreay right now than 
anyone else. I mean, and that's in the world, you know, Moxley, you know, I'll throw Roman Reigns out there just because his mic work is impressive. His in, has uh, increased so much. It's gotten way better than it was four or five years ago. You know, when he was really starting to become a baby face, you're like, God damn, just keep the mic away from him. You know, you, you might be able to get him over. Now you like, for me, I can't wait for him to talk. Will Ospreay's kind of been that in that same incline where his in-ring performance, you couldn't deny. It was just getting him to be comfortable cutting a promo was always the Which deal. he's gotten so much better. And his selling, that's the one other thing, like early junior Osprey, like he would just scream a lot. Like, ah! like just yell and yell and yell. And I hated it, but he was so good that I was okay with it. Like that's an aspect that he's gotten so much better at as well. And just, well, here's an interesting thought. He came, he was coming out to his old music this whole mm-hmm. tournament as he did at Forbidden Door. I loved the Commonwealth Kingpin Osprey. You know, it's not like he's, he hasn't really changed that much, but I'll be curious to kind of, does he keep riding with this music? I mean, they're now call, back to calling him the assassin, right. which it was the aerial assassin. I don't know. I really love the Commonwealth Kingpin and the presentation, the video, like that like the storm, whatever that was on up there. And when they showed their, all the yeah. different guys, or yeah. whatever, black and white, that motherfucker was, I was like, Oh yeah. What? So, but Osprey. So for me, there's three names and then there's everyone else. Okay. It's Okada. Okay. It's Osprey. Okay. I may catch a little flack from this, but I don't give a shit. Cause it's true. Kenneth Omega. Look at look at what he's done this year. If you really actually look at what he's done this year, undeniable. Undeniable. Okay. All right. Shit. I'll say <laughs> I did not see Kenny Omega coming, but I can't say I totally disagree. Anything else you want to talk about G1 wise before we wrap it up? Let's give it a grade. What's your letter grade on the G1? Or what? No, we don't do that here. That's that's that other, you know, bullshit uh, podcast. Give it a star rating. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they ain't listening anyway. <laughs> oh shit. Uh, well, so let's talk about it. Obviously, last year was the first time they went to four blocks. The schedule was a shit show. You know, with it being thirty-two now instead of twenty-eight, it made the schedule night and day better. Where you had. You know, A and B on the same day, C and D, everyone had the same amount of matches. It was fucking great. Yes, I was a bit hesitant on the 20 minutes initially, but I think it worked out. I think it did put a slight ceiling on match quality to a degree. You know, we started getting more cookers towards the end of the tournament for sure. But for a while there, I didn't have anything above a four and a half. And it feels like every G1, you're always good for, you know, a handful of four and three quarters and a five or two, which we ended up getting. So, yeah, that all worked out perfectly. You know, I thought the eight man playoff worked out was very exciting. You know, it gives you a chance to push a guy like a Hikaleo, Mm -hmm. you know, continue to push a guy like a David Finley, who deserves to be there, in my opinion, and you know, look the part, the whole G1. Like we didn't really talk much about Finley. I think he's been incredible in this role. And I think he's only going to get better. He looks the part more. He looks more savage. And as Gato said, everybody needs a rebel. (laughs) Props to Gato too. 
his one-liners during matches always be <laughs> oh shit like, he had so i can't even remember him now but get the fuck up rebel um if i'm going on a star rating for this g1 i'll give it a four and a half i uh i think it's definitely better than the last two uh 2020 i think is above it just because like coming out of coat like even though there weren't fans or the claps whatever like that was just so great at that time and there's some incredible matches from that tournament up until the final which was sonata bushi which was fine but it's one of the more underwhelming finals but yeah, four and a half. Uh, I thought it was uh, pretty damn good and fun and got, you know, I was kind of down on it a little towards the middle. I remember I was talking some shit because there were like, you know, a week night or two here and there. But the back third of the tournament really took it up to the next level. And, you know, <clears throat> the final two matches, of course, like we just said, are, you know, absolute classics. No doubt about it. And a handful of other really, really good matches and a lot of intrigue. So, yeah, four and a half stars. Really enjoyed it. That's the number I was coming up with when I was asking you the question. There's very few things that I would change about it, even with uh, the evil bullshit uh, (laughs) finish over Shingo. That's still a story being told. I'm still on record saying that it's going to be hair versus hair at some point. Maybe they can extend that to Wrestle Kingdom. Wait, Shingo Evil? Oh, I'd be down for something like that. So, for those who didn't watch the press conference, I'll be quick as possible. The press conference before the G1, Evil had made a, a basically, he called his shot. He said if he wasn't going to make it to the quarterfinals, that he would shave his head in the middle of the ring ball. So, obviously, that's more of a, uh, more stakes on that Shingo evil match on the final night at C block. So I'm like, oh my God. So let's get this straight. Shingo wins and we're shaving this motherfucker's head. Let's do the damn thing. That's when when LIJ came out, I was like, oh, we're definitely shaving this motherfucker's (laughs) head. (laughs) But obviously I don't think that's evil in my mind as I'm playing fantasy booker, evil loses to Sonata and then that sets up Evil and Shingo to meet in some form or fashion. However you get there is however you get there. But I think the blow off to that feud would be a hair versus hair match. Which I'm down because you don't see that shit in New Japan, really. I mean, I I was about to say, I can't remember. Last one I remember was Tam and Julia. Okay. And that's early 2021. Yeah. I can't remember a New Japan match that's had hair versus hair. Obviously, I don't go that far back five, six years tops, but I just, for whatever reason, I don't think they bring out the Clippers. They don't mention, make mention of it after evil has clinched his spot. If there's nothing, if there's not something to it. So I'm going with that. Well, I guess I kind of teed it up, but shall we uh, shift into some stardom, which will be (laughs) quite interesting here. Indeed, indeed. So obviously the last time we had talked, uh, we had got through the first night of stardom on the 723 show, everybody in play. And unfortunately, Saya Kamatini getting her dislocated elbow. So she had to pull out of the tournament. Who we talked about could have been a potential, I'd say finalist, you know, maybe winner, but I think definitely a potential finalist. 
I would have loved to see her stay in this tournament. Not saying that the the booking would have been different, but you you have more on, of options, I guess, on both sides of the fence where the B block f- feels like everybody is picking Utami, and we'll talk about her in a second, or the lack thereof. Who hasn't? Be- <laughs> yeah, <laughs> good call. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just saw her today, and I was just like, yeah. fuck, oh, what yeah. the fuck? Um and then, obviously, on the red block side, you did have uh, Saya Kamatini on the red block side that could have easily faced Utami winning the blue block. But with the Kamatini out, you have one less option of a final opponent for Utami or whomever wins the B blocks. But let's start with that because uh, that was my first thought as I was watching the 820 or the 813 show. Yeah, let's Adam start here. Stardom. They dropped in a one little five-star match, the Katsu versus Starlight Kid. And then... Um, it's all title was, matches after that, right? Yeah, all title matches after that. Um, and then uh, the night before, I believe that was eight twelve. 12 Utami made her first appearance since the five-star had uh i have not seen as you know but that looked like a pretty good was that a pretty good show um i didn't watch the entire show i just i did uh a brett jager and i just went the tournament (laughs) matches because we were running a little short on time so i wanted to make sure i saw the most important things first incredible (laughs) i'm I'm fucking hitting the pen here i'm I'm so disappointed in myself (laughs) obviously i'll be going back to that and watching the entire shows um once things start to calm down, you know, God forbid I watch every fucking promotion on the planet Earth, and God forbid they all conspire against me to say, hey, let's put shows on the same day, hours apart from each other, when Jason can't work and be watching us at the same time. It's been a shit show the last two or three days. Tournament time. Tournament time. So in that scenario, I haven't had a chance to watch entire shows, but I have watched five-star tournament matches. In this scenario, 8-12, I thought is probably the best of the bunch after the first night of okay, rattle, rattle them off for me there, and other than Utami and Soriano. Uh, that was the main event. Um, you had Hanan versus Azumi. Uh, Which you said was a bit of a sleeper, right? Uh, not even a sleeper. I was... I thought it, I was well. To me, the whole night that a twelve night is a night of people breaking through their ceilings. I look at Hanan and I was thinking to myself, okay, you know, she had this great futures run, but now, you know, what's next? How do we get her to the next level? And she's literally growing up in front of our eyes. I was saying that too. <laughs> like, man, you know, she's filling out. You know, she, you can see her putting on muscle mass and all this shit. New gear, new right. hair. She looks like a totally different person than who she was last at, year at this, you know, in this tournament. Exactly. So now, how do we do this? Well, if, for those, let's just start from this point on. Anything stardom related is probably spoiler alert. So if you don't want to know, go away starting right now. Even so, for me. Well, you, you gotta <laughs> but stay. like I said, I don't care. Yeah, you got to stay. I can't, I can't yeah. do this by myself. Hanan beats. <laughs> Uh, Azumi. Okay. I figured she years. she had to get a big win at some point. She had been winless up to this point, yeah. and I was thinking, okay, at some point, A, she's got to win, and B, more so to my point, 
what's going to get her to the next, you know, push, the next level, you know, get her to where we start talking about her as someone that should be in the white belt conversation. I wish the SWA belt was still in play because that would probably, that feels like that would be a, a next, not logical, but, you know, reasonable step. Is that belt going defunct from, now? Mayu basically. Okay. I think I remember that. that. At some point late like last, last year. year. Yeah. And it hasn't come back up since. And I was thinking about, you know, um, Mariah May, Thekla. Oh. Um, you know, now that we're getting. I'm always thinking about Mariah May. I know you are. I, I, ain't, I ain't too far behind you. Um, Megan Bain, who came over for, uh, you know, a hot little spell for this. Megasis. For this. She's tour. someone I had never seen or even heard of till now. And. Love the love it all. I was getting ready to say I didn't know that she was a thing in AEW until I saw people were like, you know, this is where this is where you've seen her from. If you don't remember, she blah, apparently blah, blah. took like a over a year like hiatus from like the beginning of twenty two to like beginning of this year. Because I looked her up earlier, it looked like she kind of burst on the scene and beyond um, in like twenty twenty one and was like very active and then wasn't for like over a year. So I don't know if it was injury related, if it was just, you know, taking a sabbatical, what have you, but she looked great. The presentation, obviously, and we'll get to it more so, but again, for someone I'd never heard of coming into a main event, you know, played her part very well. No, I thought they, they booked her very strong for the start uh, through the shows that I had seen her in six, eight women tags. Which, yeah, I didn't watch any of those. So this was the first match I saw of her. Uh, I can barely hear you. I don't know if something uh, happened on your end. Man, we've been rolling so well. It's just coming in really low. <laughs> I don't know what happened. Oh, all right. How about now? Yeah, now I got you. Okay. Um, There's although there is like a hiss in the background. I think that might be the. Um... Oh, like dishwasher or something. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Cool. Sink, actually. But I can um, hear you. So yeah, yeah. okay. I was I was forgot I was saying. Um <laughs> Megan Bain. Megan Bain, yeah. Six um, men or six women tags. Yeah. And I was thinking maybe they're booking her too strong. And I think that is part of the reason why I wasn't necessarily a huge fan of the the six man, or not the six man, but the main event for the Star My Stardom show. But I we'll digress. We'll get there in a second. Um, let's just talk about just, I guess we can go show by show because it's, pro it's probably the best way because there's, it, unfortunately, as great as G1 has been or was with the way they scheduled, Five Star is has kind of, not been. Has, is sporadic where you have certain people that have wrestled a lot um, in this scenario. I know I've seen Nukatsu 
at least two or three different times. Soriano. Soriano at least. No, you, Tommy. Uh, that's only twice. Starlight Kid won on that Stardom by Stardom show. That's that was her first points, and I was like, "Whoa, wait a minute, that's her first points." I'm like, I'm like, wait a minute, let me make sure I got this right because I feel like I'm missing something. But she's only had three matches. That was her third match. So, if there's anything that I have a problem with off the bat, it was how they scheduled these <coughs> five star matches. Not where you, I don't need that to where it's like the N one and it's all block matches, but there's got to be something that's that makes much more sense. Than yeah, it just makes it a lot harder to follow. And yeah, some nights there'll be two matches, some there'll be six. Like I said, what's like Utami just disappeared for like two weeks essentially, and like someone else has had four matches. So yeah, I think it could definitely be scheduled better. And like I said, again, just and this is common with stardom and you know some Noah shows like having no commentary, but when it's every show, you know, other than that first one and then the stardom by you know, most of these shows are no commentary. <clears throat> just makes it a little bit harder to like truly sink your teeth into when there's the N1 going on at the same time, which I've just naturally prioritized because it's a just a lot better of a viewing experience, period, no matter what's going on in the ring. So, like I said, I'm going to go back. I may not watch every single match, but definitely a good chunk of them. You know, now that the G1's over, that'll free up a little bit of time. But, yeah, no shit. Um, uh, but yeah. No, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, that's really all I got. So, really, I will just tell you from, I think I've only seen through, I can't remember if I've seen Night 4 or not. Night 4 was um, Soriano and Micah in the main event. Okay, yes, I did see that then. Um, did I not have ratings put in? Maybe I didn't put, oh, no, it's there. Oh, I had that as night three, though. I got 723 as the first night, 729 as the second night. There's a 730. It had two matches on that, and then 8-5 I have as night four. Oh, okay. Then I must have just labeled it wrong. So I actually, I I had a trio of four-star matches on that show. The A5 which, show. Yeah, Soriano and Micah, which was a draw, correct? Mm -hmm. um, Suzu and Starlight Kid, and then Mirai and Azumi, which was like a seven-minute awesome match. And then from night two, I had uh, Mirai and Mina at four stars as well. Um Nothing above four that wasn't on the first show. But again, I have only seen so much to this point. But again, been some pretty good action for sure. I mean, and definitely looking forward to that show you talked about. That Shuri Nats boy match as well. How was, uh? you don't have to tell me who wins because I don't know yet. How was Hazuki and Tam? I believe that main event in night five. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I got it at four. <laughs> okay. Um, it's a, it's an intriguing match for sure. You know, especially from someone who Homer picked Hazuki as a finalist. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll just say that it was it was a match that between that Mina Mirai on seven twenty nine. Um, what other one did I point out? 8-8, eight, eight, I think, is all really solid matches. 
starting with Julia versus Mariah May, not boy yeah. Saray. And that's in that's in the the stained glass venue, right? Yeah, which uh, is always a treat to watch. It's a, it's a nice ass background. Um, Suzu and Mayu is the main event for that eight eight show. Yeah. Um, and then eight twelve. I thought all those matches are. Uh, I may watch some of that. More. I may watch some of that eight eight after this. I was going to say Hazuki Tam is all you think it is, and I'll leave it at that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, I guess do we want to run through the stardom by stardom show here? I mean, yeah, unless you have any more thoughts before that, but no, to me, the the stardom by stardom show is kind of more. It's more like a pay-per-view, you know, yeah. obviously there's commentary, multiple title matches, so. And it's 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 going to lead into other things going on down the line. Uh, not even going to talk about the stardom gauntlet, but for just. I didn't watch it. But for purposes. I, well, only, the winners came out later, so yeah. Right, uh, Suzu Suzuki and May, uh, Sarah won, so put, put that in your memory bank here for just a second. Uh, show actually opens with a five star match Nikatsu versus Starlight Kid. Starlight Kid goes over, gave it three and a half stars. Uh, Battle of Odeo tie mates. <laughs> yeah, I was getting ready to say, how did all of a sudden, like, I think it was Momo that was uh, on the outside distracting the wrestle. Nikatsu could get uh, yeah. a three, and I'm just like, man, there is no yeah. love amongst Odeo. You're on the no same team. Giving. Right. No fucks given about you motherfuckers. I'll hit you with this just as fast as I'll hit anybody else with it. Uh, Saki retains the high-speed title with a win over Kojima, and God bless May Sarah. She comes out again for another challenge for um, Saki and May Sarah just getting all up in the mix here, and and just can she just get kind a match from Saki? out of nowhere? Yeah. I mean, can she get can she just get a match? Query Saki because she were running scared. Has Saki been ducking her or something? <laughs> yeah, that's I mean that's not surprising. That's basically the the running story is that she will wrestle anyone else, but yeah. May Sarah. May Sarah came it. out to challenge Saki. Kojima came out afterwards, and then Saki was like, "You know what? I want to wrestle Kojima instead of you." You're, you're con- Koguma. You're reminding. You're making me think of Satoshi Kojima. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's Ko- Koguma. Yeah. No, I, I, I think I did. Not. Yeah. You made me. Uh, it's think okay. About it. um, uh, but well, one I want to say about Saki. I think she looked hotter than she ever has in this match. If I'm just uh, being honest, I like the the pullback look, the darker hair. You know, it's all black. Well, I guess she always wore black. But she looked great. She fits the part. She fits the part of it being ironic that she's a part of uh, exactly of God's eye and and a champion. Right. Okay. About to say, if I'm not mistaken, now Mirai is the champion too. But but she her- always kind of like looked more like pale. You know, and had like that lighter color hair. Right. So she changed her look up a little bit, and I think she looks great. I just no, wanted to say that. <laughs> hey, I think Saki is a, a nice addition to very entertaining the ultra, character. Ultra not serious the, guy. Not guy. someone you're watching for in ring work rate. So no, she's she's there to make my ass laugh. And once again, at the end of this match, she wants no part of May Sarah. She chucks the deuce. And please May Sarah to her own devices to figure out what's next for her. Um, 
Soriano yeah. and I'm sorry, go ahead. Uh, I was just gonna say both these matches were fine. You know, no, I, gave I think both three and a half. Yeah, sounds about right. Obviously, the second one, high speed, you know, a little comedy, a lot of roll-ups, but entertaining, and I'm happy Saki retained. And yeah, like you said, that little fun afterwards. And uh now I'm about to get a little mad. Yeah, I guess so. Because it, well, I, and I guess this is it's not that big of a deal, but it's not. But Come I guess on. this is where podcasts are supposed to be good because we're not always supposed to agree. So this is where we're going to disagree. Soriano versus Knott's Boy. Uh, Soriano and Knott's Boy versus Mina Shirakata and Mariah May for the guys of Tag Team titles. Um, didn't, I forgot to write the time down for this one, but I thought this was a pretty good match. Obviously, Rose Gold being uh, Club Venus, Mariah May, Mina Shirakawa, whatever you want to call them, was coming in as the champs. Soriano, Nasboy coming off a pretty good strap match. I thought the cage match between uh, Nasboy and Tam oh, was much far superior than yeah. that, but that's another story for another time. They've mended fences and now seemingly are back on the same page. Coming into this, I thought this was going to be a, a fairly – Easy layup for Club Venus to win. And then they had the match. Knott's Boy and Soriano win the Goddess of Stardom titles off of Rose Gold. And now I'll let you take your shit on the booking, please. Uh, I mean, yeah, the match was good. I'd go 375. I think if That's the result was different, I might have gone four. I mean, this goes back to Mina Shirakawa, period. You know, like I've said it before, it took her, you know, just first off, the improvement she showed, you know, since I started watching Stardom, you know, she became, you know, more, she was more of just like a pretty face dancing around to becoming a true badass good wrestler, which has been awesome. You know, the moment with her, the Saya Kamatani breaking her face last year, coming back and beating her for the white belt was fucking awesome. And then she loses it to Tam right away. And then it's like, okay, well, at least her and Mariah, who are a very, very fun duo, all, you know, beauty aside, like they're great. Uh, they win the tag titles. Great. Awesome. At least Mina's got something. And now she has nothing. <laughs> Which, you know, the... The tag titles, the trios titles in stardom, definitely not booked quite as big of a deal as the two main singles titles, but it's something. And now, did they even have a successful title defense? Maybe one? You know, I feel like all the reigns of late on this have been like a month. Right. And then they just go elsewhere. So I just really felt like this was an opportunity to just continue to build Mina, start, you know, Mariah is definitely someone they feel strongly about, and she's showing that she can go in the ring and obviously she's got the look um you know I, she's she's gonna be there for a while so i don't know uh you know obvious i got i like nats boy i like soriano i like this team it's just again the booking to me it doesn't make sense you know these two didn't necessarily need this by any means soriano is getting a big enough push just by her performances right now and clearly just been she's had multiple main events so they clearly feel high on her so <laughs> yeah that's where i'm at just more uh questionable booking for me i'll say this in i guess somewhat of defense of rossi not completely because i'm still not over hazuki's uh <laughs> just 
Yeah, and that's even like fall back, far back seat for me. But yeah, I'm not over it either. (laughs) I don't think I ever will be, but another story for another time. Um, Just in the sense of Mariah May, she did have a really good match against uh, Julia. I guess that's that 8-8 show I was talking about. Definitely very much looking forward to that. So yeah, that's what I was going to say. Ultimately, that's where I'm going with this. Mina Shirakato beat uh, Mirai the second night of the tournament, and now she just recently beat Julia on the A12 show. So she's got Ooh, two okay. I did not sing- know that. She's got two singles championship title shots, basically in the back pocket. For so no matter what ends up happening, win or lose, she's got at least something that can move her forward. If you want to get mad about anyone, and I don't think you can really get mad, it's Mariah May. But like I said, even though she lost the match against Julia, she came out to me as more of the winner than anything else because it it kind of set her up to where... Elevated her a little bit. Yeah, I thought she looked as, as strong as humanly possible. I think it was 12 minutes and some change She uh, the match was bell to bell. So, I mean, it wasn't like you know, they were in there fucking around, you know, they, they got some work in. So in that scenario, I think Mariah May at least is on the track of hopefully getting to that next level. And I think the reason why they dropped the titles is for Mina to get either white belt back or at least challenge uh, Mayu for the IWGP somewhere down the line. Yeah, let's just keep flip-flopping around the white belt. Huh? Is that what you want? I'm not saying that. Ain't beating Julia again either. I'm not saying that this is what I want. (laughs) I'm just saying, baby, this is what's happening. When she beats her, beating Julia puts her on that. Yeah, that's a big. And again, I wasn't aware of that, so that's definitely a big win, no doubt about it. And it puts her on that top tier level of, you know. Julia, Tam, um, Utami, Shuri, you know, at least if we see her, her being Shirakawa across any of these other women, now you can be like, okay, you know, she did beat Julia. Maybe she does have a chance against Iwatami. Maybe she does have a chance against yeah. um, Utami or whatever Maybe the case she can is. make the finals, you know? Maybe she can. So, I mean... That's yeah. why I'm not ready to just be like, you That's know, fair. my knee jerk reaction. I saw this the tag match first, and I was just like you. I was like, what the fuck? But then as I saw this, these other things happen, I was like, oh, okay, this happened before this. Okay, maybe this is where they're going with it. So being the mark that I am, I'm going to give it, I'm going to let the shit play itself no, out and see what happens. I feel a little better after hearing that. But before I start getting pissed off, but do you yeah. was I the same way you were? Absolutely. <laughs> Knee jerk reaction. I was like, man, my baby can't get nothing. <laughs> Suzu Suzuki and Amina uh, May Sarah come out. They're going to be the first challengers for Soriano. Nice boy is what it is. We'll cross that bridge when we get there. Julia versus you was next up. This is for Julia's New Japan uh, Strong Women's title. I was kind of laughing to myself. I was like, it's funny. Julia's defended this title more than uh, Mayu has defended hers, and Mayu's had her title longer, but neither here nor there. You was someone that I thought between you and uh, 
Hachimoto was somebody, those two were were two people that I would want to see cross paths with mm-hmm. Julia. You getting the first shot, obviously, with the title on the line. I thought this was the, the match of the night up to this point. Agree. I gave this four and a half stars. Would you? Oh, do? wow. I was four. Um, was leaning towards four and a quarter, but okay. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. You know, obviously, it was your classic, you know, David versus Goliath type match. Um, Julia winning by submission, I thought, yeah. was the. That was Cherry pretty. On top. That was pretty tight for sure. Getting that arm, you know. Obviously, she was pulling, pulling, and finally kind of pulled yeah, she it. Felt like she was gonna break that damn. Yeah, thing. for go real. Ahead and just quit, girl. I'm like, ooh, ooh, ooh. But no, I still really enjoyed this. Absolutely. I mean, Julia had to struggle for sure. You definitely, you know, being the bigger, one of the bigger women you'll see for sure. Um, you know, she's tough. She had struggles picking her up and everything and you splashing her. And, you know, when she hit that big splash off the top, I'm like, oh, no. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> oh, this might be it. Yeah. Mercedes. Yeah, I, I'm like, are we really doing you, Mercedes? What? It's like, you better like, get your ass out of here, girl. She that thought crossed my mind. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but no, I thought this was tight and totally agree by far the match of the night to this point. And I think second best match overall on the card with, uh, the next one being the clear, but yeah, definitely match uh, the night is the next one. Uh, post-match Deanna Perrazzo comes, oh, yeah. on, comes on a vignette to challenge the winner, obviously already pre-recorded because she said, Julia's yeah. Name. And Giselle Shaw pops in and says she wants to dance as well. So it starts as a triple threat. But once again, one of my lovely followers threw me the bone of Momo Congo has now thrown her hat in. So oh. now we looks like we have a fatal four-way uh. at Multitude, Multiverse United 2. I believe that's coming up this weekend, if Is I'm not this- mistaken. Is this Julia's first match in the States? I was thinking, I, like, I couldn't think of another one. I want to say. At least, yes. like, major match. Like, I don't know if she had, you know, matches back. No, wait, I wait, doubt wait, it. Wait, 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 wait. Was, wasn't she here, like, in the state? Uh, was she here in that, uh, in L.A.? Or was that just Julia? Uh, was that uh, Willow and Mercedes? Yeah, that was that. Because then she won the strong title against Willow in Japan on okay. the Independence Day show. Okay. All so right. yeah, I'm pretty That's sure I'm pretty sure it will be her first match in the states, which is very exciting, for sure. Um, yeah, I'm on board with this. Obviously, um, you know, Perazzo's strong. I really like Giselle Shaw. I think she's had some really good matches these past couple of years. And Momo Kogo, you know, is someone who's Definitely lost in the shuffle in stardom with all the talent they have, but you know, she's had some pretty nice performances. So if you're gonna do like a multi-woman match, could you have a better one? Sure, but I'm not gonna complain about this. I think it'll be good. No, I think it'll be solid, but I think we know who ends up taking the uh eating the pin on that. And that's okay yeah. too. I don't yeah. I don't necessarily have a problem with that. Momo and Julia kind of have a simmering storyline where Julia has no respect for Momo Congo and the fact that she's in this match kind of plays into that a little bit more. So I'm definitely here for it. Next up, you had the match that I was definitely looking forward to the most and thinking to myself, you know, if there was, if we had to wait for an IWGP women's title match, 
I guess this is the one I can wait for. And we had to wait fucking weeks to see you, Tommy, after her last match in the five stars. So well, she did come over and grace us with her presence over here in the state. So I mean, it's not like you know she wasn't doing anything. You know, well, it's not like I watched that. So <laughs> I don't feel bad. Um, by you, <laughs> Tommy defends her title versus Tommy. Um, I wasn't sure what to expect, but what I heard Mayu's, like, I guess when she's going for title matches, interest music, that initially got me hyped. I was like, okay, see, we're about to see some shit. I thought this was the best match of the night. Arguably one of the best matches I've seen all year long. Wow. At least women's-wise, yeah. I thought they went after it. I thought the finish with that Poison Rana off that, the top. I mean that's always fucking incredible anytime she hits that. Like a springboard poison rana. It's like a the cradle or whatever. I was like, yeah. I don't think I've ever seen it. He had that. her pinned for like 20 seconds. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> she what held the- on to it after the bell. <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck just happened? What the fuck just happened? I thought this is on my short list of match of the year, women's wise. I thought this was absolutely well done, even though I thought was 99% sure I thought the winner was going to be Mayu. It just, to me, it didn't make sense for Mayu to drop the title right at this point, even though she's been inactive an, an with it. Um, I think Utami's bigger story is not the IWGP title, even though I think she would be able to bring it up to an, an elevated, for lack of a better term. I think Mayu just hasn't had a chance to elevate it. I think she can do that as well, whether it's in the States or in Japan. I thought this was the match of the night. Right person went over I gave it five stars. Like I said, Holy to me, this shit. is this yeah. is on the short list of match of the year for me. I love it. Um, maybe I'm just so down on stardom. Initially, I was thinking four and a quarter, but I think you convinced me to four and a half. It was, it just took me a little bit to sink into it, you know. But once they got cooking, like the last what seven eight minutes were fucking tremendous, no doubt about it. Obviously, but you know the when they were just throwing suplexes at each other, like it it hopped a clear level. Yeah. So yeah, I'll I'll go I'll go four and a half. You can. They fight balls. Come get them. Yeah, it was it was awesome for sure. Just again, a little bit slower of a start, but that shit happens when you're building to something like this. So, um, yeah, excellent match. Like you said, by far the match of the night. Yeah, it was uh, really, really good. Um, in terms of like trying to think top tier women's matches this year, so I've got Rhea and Charlotte from WrestleMania is up there. For sure. Uh, Saya and Hazuki is probably my favorite match, that white belt match back in like, what was it, March or February? You know, it was earlier in the year. Yeah, we're talking about that was like her, Saya's kind of comeback yeah. match. Yeah. And it was so, and Hazuki was so great and had so many near falls. Then I'd also go Saya Mina uh, when Mina winning the white belt. <clears throat> those are definitely like, those are, I think, the four, four, seven, five women's men. Oh, and Tam Julia. Duh, I had yeah, that at yeah. five, which, you know, I've been thinking might be a four, seven, five at this point. Stop, stop. <laughs> no, man, you can't retroactively take it. A- I'm kidding. <laughs> But yeah, those would be, I think, my top five or whatever. Yeah, Julia Tam, Rhea Charlotte, it's Hazuki Mina, uh, or I mean, Hazuki Saya, Mina Saya, and then yeah, I think that's it. But anyway, yeah, that's this this was shit. tight for sure. I'm taking this fucking quarter star. <laughs> I take it back. Right. 
Main event time, you had Megan Bain. Like I said, I thought she was being built up very well, but then it got to a point where um, the words Bray Wyatt came to my head a couple of times, and I was thinking to myself, okay, well, obviously she's she can't beat Tam. There's just no way. Yeah. But how do we go about her losing to Tam and make this look as credible as possible? Because you spent all this time building her up. You don't want to have her losing in some kind of fluky, janky way where now all that goodwill is going to kind of go to shit. Um, Do you feel that happened? I don't feel it happened. I just don't feel like this did Tam any favors as making her... Oh, big surprise. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I will say I watched this without the context of seeing her being built up. You know, I've seen shit on Instagram. I'd heard it was going on. But uh, so this, like I I said earlier. I mean, that's really ultimately all you need to see is that, you know, she was basically, you know, just woman amongst girls. uh, Yeah. Tossing chicks around. Yeah, she's a beast. She's a Greek goddess. Yeah. They did the spot where, like, six girls, you know, piled on top of her. You know, she broke out like the, you know, the She-Hulk or whatever. So, I mean, all the usual you know, spots of making someone that's large in stature feel large in stature. So, yeah. like I said, for me, how does Tam pull this off is the question. It just can't be something that we've seen before. And it just felt like it's something we've seen before. It, You know, granted, it took maybe like a, a second spinning tornado DDT to get the job done or whatever the case may be. I just felt like this was a it didn't do Tam a, this a, any justice, any credit. I know what they were trying to do. Yeah. But it, for me, it just didn't work. Even when, like, at the end of the match, Megan Bain was the first one up. I'm like, okay, so how does this work? How does she <laughs> win the match? But this was the first one back up on her feet, mad that she lost. Look who else hates stardom. No, <laughs> I said I had a problem with this. So, I, like I said, this is about problem with it, and it revolves around the bookie. I don't have a problem with the in-ring work. This is my problem. Why is it all of a sudden now that Tam feels like she's regressing as Red Belt For champion? Sure. That's what I've been. That's what I've been saying all along. This just didn't feel like it. It was supposed to make her feel like, okay, she overcame the mountain and I can take on anyone at any given point. Tommy's going, it feels like it's, that's where we're going to end up going. I still got fingers crossed for Micah, even though she didn't lose to Momo Watatame, but that's another story for another time. I'm not going to give up, girl. You got this. (laughs) Um, Ultimately, I think it feels like this is all leading towards Utami and Tam, which is fine. It's a fresh match, match we ain't seen before. And if Tam wins, oh, 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 you just wait. No, <laughs> I'm, but now, you know I agree with you fully, and I liked the match. You know, again, from having never seen Megan Bain, she looks incredible. You know, the entrance, everything. She is a beast. You know, she's got like the goddess kind of regalia and whatnot. Um, I, you know, I went four stars. I very much was entertained by the match. You know, obviously knowing Tam was going to win, could it have been a little bit more difficult? Yeah, but 
again, for someone I'd never seen before stepping into this big spot, it's not quite Yoda Suji levels by any means. <laughs> Who is, baby? Yeah, but I enjoyed this, and I was hoping a fucking challenger would show up, but I obviously we've got the tournament going on, so you know that I thought twice about it. No, I think this did. But yeah, I'm just ready for this fucking rain to end. You know that. And like, let's just reset the deck with Tam. Cause like, you just, it's not doing her any favors. Nothing on this fucking rain has. I mean, I, she became double champ and she's still like as a top champ and afterthought in my mind. So, yeah. I just, if she was going to be double champ, I guess I wish she would have held it a little longer. Yeah. Like, or... that just, it seems meaningless at this point. Or like, just go straight to Mirai and just have her just had her challenge for the white belt, you know, just skip the whole Tam double champ, you know, angle all together. Yeah, th- that's what I pissed me off as much as anything, you know, Either after the Julia loss. It's like now we're doing this. Either they should have built up Mina as the white belt champion and then a few months from now. Verge, yeah. you know, I would have been much more or, okay with it. Like, you know, give Mina a few defenses under her belt before going to this, even if that was the plan. Like, I w- still wouldn't have loved it, but I would have liked it a lot more than like immediately. Right. No, I agree with that too. I just, and that's, and that's why I'm not ready to shit on Stardom just yet because now they've given me two little nuggets of hope a white belt rematch, or I wouldn't say a rematch, but a, chance to get the white belt back and then you have Mayu versus um I'm sorry Julia versus uh Mina on the back end so I mean in that scenario you know like I said I'm not looking for anything it's just hope get it right get it together you got the streaming shit back to on on track again good stuff stardom now we just got to get the booking right at the top of the card and everything else, is, I think, will just fall into place. It's like everything was booked so well. And, you know, lo- granted long reigns, but it all worked. And, like, ever since Tam became champ, they just haven't been letting things breathe. It's just been, like, chaos and insanity. And, like, <laughs> I don't know. It doesn't make sense to me. And it's no, a- I'm, affecting, I like I said, it's affecting my enjoyment of the product big time you know as i've said i still love stardom you know as much shit as i'm talking it's still awesome still love it but it's just nowhere near where it's been and i there's too much talent there for it not to be like they have so much fucking talent it's crazy and to just be i'm gonna say it floundering for the last several months is uh not acceptable for me no, but, I, I was, but I'm still along for the ride, obviously. I, I'll say this and we can move to the, the N1 tournament. I agree with you to a certain degree with uh, the word floundering is a very good word for it. It just it feels a little directionless at times. And the booking at the top of the card doesn't necessarily help where I just needed to make sense at certain points. And it when it's, I feel that disconnect. Now it feels like, okay, you know, Tam is the great example right now. I just don't feel connected to her as no Red Belt champion. And I like Tam. I just, her rise was one that was rather quick when it comes to stardom, especially when you get to the top of the card. I expected Julia to still be champ at this point. 
you know, yeah. running four or five child defenses and all that. Yeah. Shit. And then <laughs> when you snatch that away and you've had above average title matches with Tam, I did, I gave this three seven five for the record yeah. against Megan Bain. Um, I just I don't know. I just it feels like there's something that's just off. Yep. And I'm not saying it's Tam Nakano's fault, but yeah, unfortunately she's at the top of the card, so she's gonna take the heat for this. Yeah. Okay, so let's talk a little N one. We got the three. I'm sorry, four yep. nights of N one starting on the sixth of. August going through the 11th of August as well. Um, first night came right out of the box with uh, Manabu Soya defeating Nakajima and what I was or like. Or as Azar has been calling him, Chad Soya. <laughs> <laughs> I just, he text he just slipped that into the group chat one day and it just, it made me laugh a lot because he is just a DDT Chad. He's got going is no fucking Soya's joke. been, I mean, he has been the biggest beneficiary of Congo breaking up. Like he was just, you know, he wasn't Nakajima and he wasn't Keno. So when you're clearly the third banana, you're going to be held back. And now we're seeing how good this motherfucker is and not the jump ahead, but you know, that match against Nakajima top three match of the tournament thus far, you know, I went four and a quarter, uh, but yeah, I've been, and then he lost, he lost a fucking Saxon Suxley. (laughs) Um, But it's just nice to see Soya, uh, you know, kind of elevated after the Congo breakup. I was, when I first started watching, um, Noah, I saw Manu so I'm like, okay, so why is this guy like wrecking everybody? And the I mean, crowds are getting behind him too, which is tight. Which is a good thing. I'm, I'm glad to, to see that Manu Soya name to watch. Uh, definitely Chad. going forward. Uh, <laughs> Inamura loses to Jack Morris. Lance Anawai, his first match against. Yuma Anzai defeats Yuma Anzai. I thought this was a, a nice little, I won't say Young Lions match, but let's go Young Guns match. Um, Masa Kitamiya loses to Yoki Yoshioka. Um, Aiki Inabug loses to Hio he, he Dr. Wagner Jr. Jesus yeah, Christ. Um, Adam Brooks with a big upset victory over Keno. Oh, yeah. Uh, won the aforementioned Saxon Suxley loses to Kozaki. <laughs> yeah. I just did that for your benefit. And in the main Thank event you. on night one, you had Timothy Thatcher losing to one Jake Lee of GLG. Um, Honestly, the- I think this first night might be the weakest night of the tournament or one of, you know, like out starts with a bang. But after that, I mean, some good but not great matches. I'd put Adam Brooks and Keno as the top of the the rest of the heap. Um, Brooks being one of my highlights thus far. You know, a guy I kind of talked up last time is like, you know, I'd never seen before a few of these like tag matches and a guy I've just really gravitated towards. I think he's awesome. Um, And yeah, like you said, big, big win over Keno, who we both picked to win this thing. And I think... uh, I think Azar might be right. I think this is going to be Goshiyazaki's tournament. Obviously, we've got a long way to go, and we'll dig into it. But uh, even though he did just lose, but yeah, it feels right. He's never won one before. Him and Jake Lee is fresh. So 
No, actually, I I have uh, Nakajima Keno. I got Nakajima winning that. Uh, oh, okay. So we both had the same final, but yeah, I yeah, we just have a different okay. Uh, okay, a different winner, and especially with Nakajima losing the first two nights, which I kind of like though, because with eight man blocks, it's like you really can't lose again. So no. now all of his matches, like the Daiki Inaba match was made that much more exciting. Oh yeah. That's, I'm like, okay, so this is basically the tournament for well, and the boy. match before that was the Wagner match, which was fucking great. I went four and a quarter on that one as well. So like, yeah, like Nakajima getting in that hole, I think was the best thing for the entertainment value. You know, no doubt, sure. no doubt. I was going to say, uh, it definitely, he's going to be must-see TV moving forward. Uh, Yuki Yoki Yosha. Uh, yeah, he's also been a nice nice little surprise. I thought there have been nice standouts on... And Yuma Anzai. Again, like, all these young guys, aside from Saxon Suxley. Um... <laughs> he blew out his knees, for Christ's sake. I mean, give him a break. <laughs> But yeah, we mentioned, you know, very early in the show about all the new blood. And yeah, it's been very exciting. Like Anzai, you know, that match against Go, where he just got his fucking ass beat, but kept getting up, kept getting up. And then he comes back and beats Chad Sawyer the next night. So Anawaii, you know, looks looks the part for sure. You know, I haven't really seen like top, top quality, but he's been enjoyable, you know, absolutely. And yeah, Yoshioka. Similarly, from Dragon Gate, a guy I'd never really seen before who's come to fucking play. So, uh, yeah, definitely enjoying this injection of new blood and got all the old guys out. <clears throat> you know, there's no no Fujita, no Funaki, a um, couple others. But, uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm just digging this as a whole. Uh, been really enjoying this N1. You say got the old guys out. Second night uh, was at August 9th. Uh, in order, we have winners of Daiki Enaba defeats Manabu Soya. Uh, Masaki Amiya beats Adam Brooks. Go Shiozaki, like you said, just hammers poor Yuma Anzai. Almost I mean, 22 minutes. minutes. Yeah, I was getting ready to say over 20 minutes. Yuma Anzai still had bruising on his chest the following night, uh, 8 10. Uh, the N1 tour had. Three straight nights of matches on the 9th, 10th, and 11th. On the 9th, <laughs> as I had this match against Shiozaki on the 10th, he still had the bruises Fucking on his chest. Fucking hamburger, yeah. He just got hammered. God yeah. bless that dude. It was he, awesome. I love that match. I think I think you said you were 3-7-5. I was four and a quarter. I thought no, it was it great. Just, I get what they were trying to do. But damn, 20 minutes? <laughs> I'm like, you, you can go ahead and just go – you. you Dude, oh, I was here for down, man. Fighting you, spirit, baby. Yeah, I know, look, I ain't mad at you. That's for 15, <laughs> 16 minutes, baby. Shit, we got shit to do. Come on now. Uh, <laughs> Timothy Thatcher beats Anamura. Uh, Lance Anawai beats uh, Heo Del. Dr. Big, big win there. That's, Potential that's title match. Yep. yep. Put a little asterisk on that. Jake Lee beats Yuki Yoshiyosha. And then in the main event. So I obviously didn't watch this match because Saxon sucks, Lee. But man, when I saw he actually beat Nakajima in a main fucking event, what are we doing here? (laughs) So I say I've been loving the N1, but I didn't watch this abomination. (laughs) Oh man, I'm just I'm watching it and I'm like, 
Okay, so let's get this straight. <laughs> Nakajima just whoops this motherfucker's ass for the better part of 15 minutes, and he loses? Okay, man. All right. That's what I was like. Okay. And they were talking about Kaito and Kaito making the run after losing the first two matches. Like, okay, so this this is what we're gonna do. So he bet not. I'm like, he bet not lose until we see Joe Ghost Shiozaki at the is end that of the bad boy. Is that the final night? I think that's the I mean, final that, match. I hadn't looked ahead, but that obviously makes all the sense in the world. Like yeah, that's going say, to be that winner winner goes takes to the off. final. Yeah. So yeah. I was like, in this case, okay, I'm gonna let this shit slide. I gave it what three seven five on the match just because I was like, you know, I feel like I should give this a little love. It wasn't. It was good. It wasn't great. It just. It was weird to watch a guy with blown knees beat one of the best knockout artists in the world. That's all I'm gonna say with that. I don't. Well, and I'll that say, down. I actually I went four stars on the tag match in this show. Uh, the GLG versus. Ohara and Yoshio, Seki Yoshioka, who looked awesome. He was shot out of a fucking cannon for that match. Um, but yeah, really enjoyed that uh, as well. No, the uh, actually all the matches. Yeah, they've that, all been pretty good. To the uh, whoever, well, I guess I can say it at this point. Katoge so, and Kuroki yeah. or High Sixty Nine, as he's also called. But. Yeah, right. That's gonna say I don't get that at all. But anyway, yeah. um, they had a mini tag team tournament. Um, it looks like Amaska got hurt in this tournament. He, he and Juta Miyawaki yeah. were uh, tagging together, and Miyawaki was getting some work uh, put on him. He tags in Amaska, who does his thing, but then somehow in the midst of him working in the match he legitimately hurts his leg and i didn't know this at the time but watching it as i'm thinking about it it kind of makes all the sense of the world where you could kind of see him you know like really screaming to miyawaki to come get back onto the uh apron so he could tag in miyawaki ends up eating the pin but unfortunately amaska does get hurt in that um match whatever the case may be something to Hopefully, you know, he'll come back sooner versus later. But I thought that was interesting as well. I thought the, the tournament matches I thought were really good. And like you said, Takogi and Hiroki win the tournament. They are next up for Dada and Chris Ridgeway. I think they're going to catch that work from Dada and Chris Ridgeway. That's just me. But at least I know that they're Stinger now. And I guess there was a step in the direction of where I was even trying to decide <laughs> what they were or who they were at one point. Let's move to. Night three on the tenth, in order of matches, winners were Yoki Yokiosha over Timothy Thatcher. The aforementioned Yuma Anzai beats Madabu Soya in a big time shock, if I do say so myself. Yep. Um, Masaki Amiya beats Jack Morris. Your boy Saxon Suxley beats Lance <laughs> Anawai. Um, Jake Lee beats Adam Brooks. Nakajima gets on the board beating. He hold day Dr. Wagner Jr. And then in the main event, I have it as match of the, match tournament. Of the tournament so far. Yeah. Oh yeah. Keno versus Inamora. I have it at four seven five. Um I didn't have a lot of thought that Inamora was going to win this match, but as the match kind of progressed, I'm like, wait a minute, this this <laughs> might actually happen over here. Yeah. It and, went what twenty eight thirty four. I saw. So I remember it was getting close, close to the, to the time, time, and I knew that 
once I start rooting out loud, I know I'm invested in the match. You. And Keno had Inamura just knocked up and just oh, a yeah. nasty looking submission. And Inamura's trying to get the the hands off his face. And I'm like, just just don't tap, man. You got about a minute. Just don't tap. Just hold on. You got a point. Just hold on. Couldn't and unfortunately, yeah, unfortunately, he tapped out. And I was like, God damn, man. But that's where I, I mean, really... he took a fucking beat. And as did Keno, frankly. Yeah, both I mean, guys you know, just got just they fucking trucked him at the end there, too. I was <laughs> yeah. a high four and a half on this match. But yeah, I think unquestionably match of the tournament. Um, I would say after that, in some order, we got Nakajima Soya, Nakajima Wagner, and Go Wagner probably is kind of the next few for me there. But uh, and then also on, I really again big shock, really enjoyed uh, Jake Lee and Adam Brooks, which wasn't very long, ten twenty four. But again, these two took the wood to each other. Mm -hmm. Definitely yeah. Jake Lee's best match of the tournament, which. I think he's been okay, you know, not great. He's, you know, hasn't really had, like, the top opponents yet, but this one was definitely my favorite of his. Um, I got but, Timothy Thatcher versus Jake Lee, my highest rated on the board at four and a quarter. The okay. other two at four stars. Yeah, I had this at four, and I think the others are out, you know, three, seven, five, three and a half realm. But, yeah, the last two matches here were both fucking great. Like we said, Nakajima, first match truly with his back against the wall. And against, you know what? Against the national champion. That yeah, match you know, he ain't going to back down easy because he's a tough son of a bitch. L.E. Hodel, Dr. Wagner Jr. What Azar says, like, do you think he's really got a Ph.D.? <laughs> I'm going to say, I'm going to politely say, probably not. Uh, final night, at least for this uh, episode, night four on the 11th. You only had six matches, but I thought these were some of the best matches of the tournament so far. Well, I won't say go that far, but I enjoyed them that much. I'll go that way. Once again, in order of winners, you had Timothy Thatcher over Jack Morris. Nakajima back-to-back -back wins now over Daiki Inaba as his opponent here. Masaki Amiya defeats his tag team partner in Inamura. Uh, Manabu Sora gets back on track, defeating Saxon Suxley. <laughs> you gonna it. keep me doing that shit. I can't believe you. Keno defeats Yuki Yokiosha. And then in the main event, you had Hiho Del Dr. Wagner Jr. defeating Go Shiozaki. With a beautiful fucking moonsault. Yeah, I was going to say the, I can't say it's the BME because Chris Christopher Daniels might have a problem with that, but goddamn, that was a really good fucking. And he song. he springboards it too, so right. it's all. And he's a big boy flying. Yeah, that's two fifty so. easily, easily in flight. Yeah. So yeah, that was a that was a nice ass way to. to we talked about it, but man, that guy just keeps getting better and better. Like from the N one last year to where he's at now, and we talked he and Jack Morris, but I think he's even surpassed Morris. Obviously, having the G the national title helps, but even just match quality wise, right. and the crowd fucking loves him for sure. And he's got that connection. And yeah, this was just another one, you know, as well as the Nakajima match that's right up there. Um, I went four and a quarter on this as well. I've got like a lot of high four and a quarters here in this tournament thus far. I get what on this night alone, I have one, two, three, four and a quarters. Oh, on wow. night on uh, night four, uh, Nakajima versus Inaba, Masa versus Inamura, Keno versus Yokiosha, gave Hio and Shiozaki four and a half. So I mean, 
this last night. This uh, is probably the best show. Best show probably, of the yeah. bunch. Um, I'll still say Keno versus Inamora is the match of the tournament. But we're just getting ready to get started again. I believe next round of matches starts on the 19th. Yeah, there's a little bit of a break. A little bit of a break for them. So good to go there. Um, I'll just quickly go over TJPW because we didn't talk about it. Um, yeah, and I haven't seen it, but I saw who won. Uh, Miyu Yamashita, correct? Against a, against a surprising finalist, if I must say so myself, but I'm happy to see it. As I watched it unfold, it was very much a surprise, especially considering the road that Kamafuku took to get to this point. Um, yeah, she beat Rika in the semis, right? Beat Rika in the semis. Beat, um, if I'm not mistaken, she beat uh, Kalkuta on the 17th. Um, then beat Amiyu, uh, which was the big upset. Uh, oh, Miyu, Watanabe, Watanabe, yeah. That was my pick to win it. Uh, she beat Miyu in the quarters. She Damn, beat yeah. Rika Tatsumi in the semis. So, I mean, if there was anyone hotter than hot, hotter than as fish grease, as there we go. my friends would say, <laughs> uh, it would be Kamafuku. Did not know that uh, Yamashita has been in all 10 of the Princess Cup tournaments and never won. Oh, so wow. that was basically the... I definitely didn't know that either. Neither I. I was like, well, damn, you know, someone that's the ace of Tokyo Joshi Pro Wrestling should at least have one of these tournaments underneath her belt. So you had somebody that was upsetting everybody left and right, probably the one team you don't want to see versus the team that is dominant more times than not. And uh, good, not great. I gave it four stars. It was just over 12 minutes, 13 minutes. I'm sorry. Um, it just felt like this was the coronation of Miyu's tournament run. Don't get me wrong. She had, I think as her best match, probably the, the opening round went over, uh, Mizuki from that point nothing great it just felt like by the time we had gotten to here you kind of knew who won you know you kind of shouldn't say that you kind of knew who was going to win Kamafuku God bless her had I mean her to even get to that point, point and that's what commentary was saying was you know basically a win for her so like, I was like let's okay be real. she's fucking beautiful and a solid wrestler but like She's probably more like known for her looks than her wrestling ability, and and I, everything that they had did up to this point, matches up to this point, I think was did more for her than just than this match did. It yeah, felt like Miyu was just on the way to winning. You know, Kamafuku had a, a little flurry of offense, had her like the octopus. Uh, submission stretch, but nothing to where I was like, okay, we're going to see another upset. Yeah, Tournament was, I thought, was uh, good, not great, just, you know, a bunch of names like uh, Arisa Indu, Yuki Arai um, that kind of jumped out a little bit and got some big wins. Yuki Arai went to the semifinals. Nice. So that, I think that's another step in her progression. Um, yeah, and like I said, I'm definitely going to try and watch some of this at some point. You know, I don't know if I'll watch every match, but I'm definitely intrigued to see 
Kamafuku, you know, make a little bit of a run. That's what that I was going to say. Watanabe match, you know. Those, watch her matches and um, the Rika match as well. Uh, Nakajima and Tatsumi I have as the my highest ranked match. That's okay. the main event on 729 at four and a half stars. And then I got one, two, three matches at four and a quarter, two matches at, well, I'm sorry, four matches at four and a quarter, two matches at four, and then three fives, three seven fives, so on and so forth. So, I mean, overall good, not great. Um, makes so sense. does that mean Yamashita will challenge Mizuki for the title? Well, I mean. Or do you get your pick? I don't remember what the stipulation is. I'm sure she could get her pick, but I would assume that she would uh, she would challenge the top wrestler to go for the Princess of Princess title, even though she did beat Mizuki, like I said, the opening night. Um, well, that I think is even more of a reason. Hey, I right. just beat you. I'll beat you again yeah. with the title on the line. So I got to figure that that's going to be the way they're going in that route. Um, the International of Princess of Princess titles are vacant. That's going to be settled at Wrestle Kingdom 4. They announced the date for that. That will be the 9th of Wrestle October. Kingdom. I'm sorry, Wrestle Princess 4. I apologize. <laughs> how, um, did, who, how did those get vacated? I don't remember who the champs uh, were. Uh, uh, Suzuki. Uh, uh, yeah, let's try this again. Mizuki and uh, Yuka Sakazaki. Sakazaki got hurt. So she okay. had to call. She that uh, she wanted to come back and wrestle. Mizuki, I'm assuming this is storyline purposes. Basically, ca- talked her off the ledge and was like, "No, it's best for you, best yeah. for us. Vacate the tiles that way you can come back healthy." Yada yada yada. So there will be a tournament, I'm sure, at some point where the tournament winners will be crowned at Russell Princess Four on the 9th of October. That was the the big stories coming out of that. Just you know, Miu. Winning the uh, the Princess Cup ten and the announcement of Russell Princess four on October the ninth. Excellent, yeah. Like I said, I'm sure I'll check some of it out at some point now that at least the G one is over, so that'll free up some time. But... Yeah, that's gonna free up a lot of time, my friend. Because <laughs> I was gonna say, God bless the G one, but that was that was a, a month, grind. It was a month of just non-stop wrestling. Add that. Plus the all the other wrestling I've been watching, I don't think I'm gonna even watch Monday Night Raw tonight. I'm going to go ahead and uh, take the night off. Okay. <laughs> I'm gonna watch the bad uh, reality show uh, TV. There you go. I'll either I'll either watch a little Raw or watch a little Stardom Five Star. I think I haven't decided yet, but I've probably got wrestling in my future. I'll tell you what I have been watching that's uh, been pretty enjoyable is uh, tw- that Twisted Metal show that has Samoa Joe in it. Really. Yeah, I don't. Did you ever play the game as a kid or anything? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I was dead. Like, I never had a PlayStation grow. We were like N64 and whatever, else, but like friends had it. So I played a ton of Twisted Metal too. But I decided to watch It's corny, but it knows what it is. I'm entertained by it. It's enjoyable. I, was gonna say, I wouldn't expect it to be anything, not anything but just lighthearted. So yeah, it's, it's fun. Is it, uh, episodic i guess yeah so i think there's like 10 and they're only 30 minute episodes which is a lot easier to watch 10 of them yeah i think i've watched six it's yeah. fun i was about to say that's an easy binge episode it's on the watching. peacock so if you ever feel the need I, I i've been enjoying it for sure that's what's up that's what's up all right peeps Hell that's yeah. it 
This was we great. have done it. I think this is a, a very successful start to a visual uh, experience that is probably going to be the way we're going to move forward. And just cleaner recording. So. That as well. So, yeah, look for, I would assume, this to be up in the next couple of days. Hopefully, we could get this out and taken care of so that way life can start to come back to normal because I need a little normalcy in my life. A lot of G1, a lot of five-star, a lot of N1. Your boy is a big piece of burnt toast, but I love me my Parezu. I love me my Joshi pro-style wrestling. So for myself, your humble host, Jason Cornelius Bell, that's your other guy, my other humble host, Brett Jager, we will bid you adieu. We will see you probably in a couple weeks for the next episode of the Phoenix Splash Podcast. Yeah, yeah. Okay, let's see. End recording.